Blog Talk Radio.
Sabrina and Brother Bill is here and Brother Marshall is here somewhere and we're so happy that every one of you are here amen the Lord is already here he's been here all day waiting for us to come together in his name amen because the Bible says that where two or three of us are gathered together in his name he's right in our midst amen and we want to thank the Lord for coming you know um, he's God. He could have decided that that wasn't the thing he wanted to do, but he loves us. He loves us dearly. And so he wants to be in our midst. Amen? He wants to be in our midst. It's not that he has to do something now. He desires to be with us. Pray that we desire to be with him. Amen. Amen. I hope you've been having a, a, a wonderful and a blessed week thus far. There's a lot going on, but Jesus is in control. Amen. We don't have to worry. We don't have to fret. We don't have to um, be all worked up over things because the Lord is taking care of things. We just have to keep our eyes focused on him. Amen. So, in the name of Jesus Christ, I want to thank the Lord for giving us this opportunity to come together to worship him and to minister the word of God, to receive the blessings of his wisdom, and that we might grow, you know? It's a blessing to grow. It's a blessing to grow. And a special welcome to all of our first-time listeners. We are a Christian Protestant Internet church, and we meet on the Internet every Wednesday and every Friday at 6.30 p.m. Eastern Time in the United States of America and on Sundays as Miracle Outreach Ministries on Sunday at 12.30 p.m. Eastern Time in Jesus' name. Amen, and whatever time that happens to be where you are. If you're using a cell phone, you may use your browser to locate us at MiracleInternetChurch.com. That's MiracleInternetChurch.com. Amen? And when the page comes up across the banner, you'll see three white lines against a black background. Please Use those three lines as your link, tap them, and it will open all the other links to you. And if you're on a computer or a tablet or a laptop, whichever is your preference, you may uh, find us at MiracleInternetChurch.com, and across the banner you'll see MIC Radio Chat. Please click that link 
When the page changes, choose guest. When the page changes, sign in using your name. And then go into the chat and greet everyone else in the name of the Lord. And, of course, everyone will greet you. Praise God. The saints are already in the chat room uh, greeting one another in the name of the Lord, and we encourage you to do so as well. Amen. Amen. Praise the Lord. So we want to thank the Lord for everything that he's shown us and taught us and how far he's brought us from. Hallelujah. And he has farther to take us. But we have to be willing to go with him. Amen? We have to be willing to go on to know the Lord. So, Father, in the name of Jesus Christ, we want to thank you that you are here with us. It's precious to us, Lord. It's important to us that you are here in our midst. And that we have access to you. You tell us to come boldly before your throne. Without fear. Knowing that you love us and care for us. And so, Father, we come before you in the name of Jesus, honoring you, worshiping you, reverencing you. We give you praise for all that you are. And all that you are to us. We pray, Lord, that wherever people are on this planet, that they will allow you to draw themselves to you, that they will respond to the pleadings of your spirit, that they will come to realize there must be a better way than what they're doing now. So we want to thank you, Lord, for all of those that you are drawing, Father, to yourself. And we ask, Father, that as many as will respond to you, that you receive into your kingdom in Jesus' name. We thank the Lord Jesus Christ for his atoning blood sacrifice on Calvary that afforded each of us the opportunity to come into the kingdom, for without it, we would not make it. We would be headed right into the pit of hell, like many other people are. But in your mercy and grace, you opened the door of salvation to us through your son, Jesus Christ. We want to thank you for that. We want to thank you, Lord, for every good and perfect gift that you have given We thank you, Lord, that we have a personal relationship with you. We are your sons and daughters, and we have received the spirit of adoption. We thank you, Lord. We thank you for the word of God. We thank you for your Holy Spirit. We thank you for the blood of Jesus. We thank you for the armor of God. You for the wall of fire that surrounds us with your glory in the midst. We thank you for your warring linking angels, your praising angels, your ministering spirits, and your very presence, Lord. We honor you, Lord. 
We're trying, and you're helping us, and we love you for it. We lift up to you, Father, all of those that are still recovering from the hurricane. Many of them are still in shelters, Lord. They haven't been able to return to what is left of their homes. Their homes have been decimated. Everything that they owned or had has been destroyed. They literally have nothing left physically. But we pray for them, Lord, and we ask that you encourage them, give them hope and give them joy beyond their expectation, Father. Strengthen them inside, Lord, to know that it doesn't look the way they would like. It looks worse than what they expected, but you're going to bring them through. Those that are still in fear, Father, we bind their fears in Jesus' name. Those that want to run, help them to know, Lord, there's no place to run. You run to the West Coast, you'll have fires. You know, wherever you go, there's something. There's no place to run to except to you. So instead of running from, run to you. We thank you, Lord, for those that are out ministering the word and witnessing during this time and leading people to Jesus. We ask that you send them the support that they need, Lord. Give others, Lord, an incentive to help others. Amen, Lord. Give others an incentive to help others, a desire and an ability to reach out to those that are around them, even if it's just through the blessing of a song, whatever it may be. We ask that you bless it and multiply it in Jesus' name. We ask you to help the governor who's running for re-election while he's trying to get the state repaired. We lift up all of those who are working with him, all of those who have come into the state to help help with the work that must be done. We appreciate all of the volunteers from wherever they came from, Lord. Bless them and bless their families, Lord. Their families were willing to release them, that they might come to us during our time of need and be a blessing to us. We thank you for them. We thank you, Lord, for all those that have been passing out water and passing out sandwiches and passing out words of encouragement and passing out smiles and whatever it takes, Lord. Thank you. Thank you for the insurance companies who have not jumped up and run thus far. They've done that in previous disasters. They just took off and never came back. But, Father, I thank you that you'll raise up people to be blessings to us. You'll raise up people that have a heart and a heart to reach out and to touch the lives of others, Father. We want to thank you for those hearts, Lord. We ask that you keep them encouraged, Father. Give them a song in their spirit, Lord. We ask you to pour your blessing and your very presence out among them, Father. We take authority, dominion, and power 
over the motives of those who would attempt to take advantage of the situation in Jesus' name, who would attempt to do harm, Father. We bind that devil in the name of Jesus Christ. We ask that you uncover it for what it is. Father, we thank you for strengthening all those that are working extra hours, that are working overtime, Lord. We ask you to turn this into a blessing for the state of Florida and its people, Father, in Jesus' name. The devil meant it for evil, Father, but we ask you to use it for good. The devil meant it for evil. The Satanists meant it for evil. The elitists meant it for evil. But we ask you, Lord, to turn it for good, to make us better than we were before, stronger than we were before, more powerful than we were before, Lord. We want to thank you. Because the Bible says to overcome evil with good. So we've come subject to your word, Lord. And we have agreed with you that nothing can stop the love of God. Nothing can stop the power of God. And that we will be workers together with Christ in every situation. Give us the heart, Lord, to do the things that you call us to do. In Jesus' name, we thank you that we have a special treasure in the Lord because we obey your voice and keep your covenant. We thank you that we will obey you, Lord, for you will not pardon our sins just because we happen to be Christians. We have to live the life. We thank you for the angel of the Lord being with us. And we thank you for the instructions that you bring. Amen. We are blessed because we obey the commandments of the Lord. We will walk after the Lord our God and fear you and keep your commandments and obey you. And we will serve you and cleave to you, Lord. We thank you. And we give you praise in Jesus' name. Amen. We want to thank you and give you praise in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. Praise the name of Father in the name of Jesus. From our position seated in heavenly places in Christ Jesus, we bind Satan the strong man, all his evil angels, evil spirits, demonic agents, all of his underlings, timings, maneuvers, tactics, devices, plans, orders. And we cancel all demonic assignments and satanic agendas against the righteous. We take the territory from Satan in Jesus' name. We bind every form of godliness which denies the power of Jesus Christ. We come into agreement with the Father, Jesus Christ, and the Holy Spirit. And we come out of agreement with Satan, his agents, and his powers in Jesus' name. We close and seal all portals, channels, open doors of access to the enemy. We pull down all demonic thrones. We bind the wicked principalities, powers, rulers of darkness, and all spiritual wickedness in high places. We release the all-consuming fire of God on every ley line, silver cord, and garland. We bind the demons and workers of darkness in the heavenlies, in the bush, and in the deep. We bind rape and murder to its strong men and dethrone them all. 
chaining them all in eternal chains and darkness, placing them in the custody of the Holy Spirit. We bind the sources of all witchcraft attacks, and we return the attacks onto the heads of the devils that bring them to cling to them for eternity. We bind all trafficking demons, reporters, listeners, watchers, peeps, whispers, familiar devils, all electronic, digital, and technology demons in their attacks, brainwashing spirits, kundalini spirits in their attacks, all marine and water spirits in their attacks, sex devils in their attacks, unclean spirits in their attacks, passive devils and their attacks, pain-afflicting spirits, sleep deprivation spirits, artificial intelligence, smart dust and drone spirits in their attacks. Electromagnetic attacks, smart technology and particle attacks, techno-paganism, mind control by the occult, force feedback, cyber stalking, cyber sex, cyber sex crimes, pornography, demonic curiosity, bewitching spirits which manipulate modern technology, pulsed microwave radiation attacks designed to cause neurological problems, brain injuries, debilitating headaches, vertigo, binding directed energy microwave weapons, and binding all vibrations, which are demons. Amen. We bind the Havana syndrome, brain changes, and injuries, and all remote viewing in Jesus' name. We bind all sonic and audio weapons, all whoredom spirits in their attacks, all the voices of the stranger, the charmer, and the seducer in their attacks. All hypnotic and trance devils in their attacks, all mystic rituals in their intent, we overturn and empty all cauldrons and chalices upon the heads of the conjurers and the magicians, binding all microwave frequency weapons, 5G in their components, pulse weapons in their attacks, everything coming off the satellite, off the cell towers, and through our devices in Jesus' name. Thank you, Lord. Amen. We bind, we're binding all microwave debilitating sonic frequency attacks in the work of every druid. We overturn and empty all cauldrons and chalices upon the heads of the conjurers and the magicians. We bind all the We bind all the witchcraft that's being done over Halloween, over the Orukata uh, witches, warlocks, wizards, and diviners and such competing and vying for power, all of the witchcraft that's being done for the blood moon of next month. Every form of the occult, every form of witchcraft, all jujus are bound and returned to sender in Jesus' name. Many are the works and devices of the evil one, Father, but we bind each of them and all of them in the name of Jesus Christ, and we chain them all with eternal chains under darkness in the name of Jesus. Every attack coming from the enemy camp, we return to sender according to the covenant in the name of Jesus Christ. We thank you and we give you praise, Lord. We just thank you. And we give you praise. We bind all hypnotic and trance devils and all mystic rituals and their intent. We overturn 
and empty all cauldrons and chalices upon the heads of the conjurers and the magicians. We bind every order of magic and mystic arts, Buddhist, black magic, Santeria, Kabbalah, Egyptian, Chaldean, Hindu, Indian, African, European, Chinese, Russian, Asian, North American, South American, Arctic, Antarctic, Caribbean, Latin American, Black and White Magic, and all other places, tribal rituals, indigenous groups, groups bound by tradition, religious traditions, Shamans, and all false religions in the name of Jesus. We bind all Morgellons attacks and we return every attack to the senders. We bind the culture of corruption worldwide. We bind all free-flying devils and all evil spirits which take animal forms. We bind each demon responsible for the dominion of sin in our culture, we bind impulsivity, inattention, racing mind, and hyperactivity. We bind the prince of the power of the air, and we return his powers to Jesus Christ. We bind the power of the dog and every abomination that's been committed. We bind the Lord of the flies and his agents, and we place them under the feet of the Lord Jesus. We bind the Mandela effect and all satanic ritual abuse devils, satanic worship, and witchcraft dedications. We bind all formations of bullflies and demonic insects. We bind all spiders in their webs, trapping them in their own webs. We bind the transference of evil spirits, spirits of infirmity, supplanting the gods of the people of the land, the gods of the groves, and every spirit that exalts logic, science, human reasoning, and demonic knowledge against the knowledge of God and makes man wise in his own eyes. Amen. We bind the transference of evil spirits, mammon and his agents, and we bind all demons sent forth to intimidate, harass, manipulate, Lie against, mock, wear down, infect, destroy, spy, sabotage, hinder, besmirch, monitor, track, block, distract, confuse, pervert, stifle, curse, expose, stop, defile, assassinate, divide, confound, corrupt, undermine, attack, reproach, despise, and reduce the effectiveness of the righteous in Christ Jesus. Amen. We return in Lucy's attack. To the senders, according to the covenant, we bind the bondage of generations of fools and the spirit of the fool in Jesus' name. We bind the carnal mind. We bind the fool's anger in Jesus' name, and we bind all food, lust, and addictions. We return to sender, according to the covenant, all and every reprisal, retribution, counterattack, retaliation, all avenging, blowbacks, vengeance, every boomerang, each payback and all requiting of our righteous warfare in Jesus' name. This includes every evil work, mark, rite, ritual, ceremony, sacrifice, proclamation, pronouncement, vow, root work, or sin against us, astral projections, sending demons to us to work against us and against all that pertains to us. No demon, no wicked person, or unrighteous event left behind. Binding the inordinate use of conjugal rights in the name of Jesus. Binding all black magic in the name of Jesus Christ and returning it wherever it came from in the name of Jesus. We want to thank you, Lord. We give you praise, glory, and honor. 
Now, Father, we have come into contact with persons of different cultures that grew up and live in the demonic realm. That's what their normal culture and civilization is. It's wizardry. It's witchcraft. It's the occult. We take authority, dominion, and power over those past relationships in Jesus' name. And with your sword, Father, we cut ourselves free from those past relationships in Jesus' name. We close the portal, the door, the opening that is left that allows the attack during times of high warfare in Jesus' name. We bind those attacks and we send them back, back into the sphere and portal from which they came. We send them back, Father, in the name of Jesus Christ. We send them back where they came from, right back through into that sphere from whence they came, returning to the originator according to the covenant in the name of Jesus. We thank you, Father, for the execution of every scripture and the release of every adjudication from the righteous judge concerning such in Jesus' name. We give you praise. We give you glory. We give you honor. We thank you for Psalm 91 and all of the scriptures that proclaim your protection over your people, Father, in the name of Jesus Christ. We thank you, Lord, for the blood of Jesus Christ covering each of us in Jesus' name. We thank you, Lord, that you make us wise unto salvation in the name of Jesus, that you alert us to warfare. We thank you, Father, for not allowing us to slough it off, but to respond immediately to all warfare sent against us in the name of Jesus. We raise the shield of faith whereby we are able to quench all the fiery darts of the wicked. We thank you, Lord, and we give you praise. We thank you, Lord, that the enemy will be defeated during this season in the name of Jesus Christ, that all the wickedness and ungodliness and hatred and sin and occult and abominations that are being done will be returned from whence it came in Jesus' name. We thank you, Father, that it shall not prosper. No weapon formed against us shall be able to prosper, and every tongue that rises against us in judgment, we now condemn it in Jesus' name. We thank you, Father, that you have made us strong in you and in the power of your might, that you've given us power and authority over all the power of the enemy, and nothing shall harm us. So we give you praise, Lord. We give you praise for all that we're doing, for all that you're doing through us. We thank you, Lord, that you will use us to war during this time in Jesus' name, that you've taught us what to do and that you will enable us to remember and to do in Jesus' name. We thank you for it, Lord. We thank you in the name of Jesus Christ. We thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. We bind all vampire spirits, spirits that attempt to take our energy and our vitality, and we bind voodoo, hoodoo, ancient arts, mystic rituals, devils attending the New World Order, New Age Movement, the Great Reset, the IMF, make-believe, fantasy, fables, enchantments, la-la land, false religions, numerology, horoscopes, spirits and the works of the oppressor, the spirit and the children of disobedience. Father, in our neighborhoods, the devil is attempting to expand his territory. We bind him in the name of Jesus Christ, and we take the territory from him. If he thinks he got it, we took it back right now. The earth is the the Lord's and the fullness thereof, the earth and all that dwell therein. So we thank you, Lord, that it doesn't belong to the devil. It belongs to you. It's all yours. You sit on the circle of the earth, 
and the devil owns nothing. We give you praise, glory, and honor for it, Lord, in the name of Jesus Christ. We bind his lies and his bewitchments, his trickery in the name of Jesus Christ, his subtleness we bind in the name of Jesus. We give you praise, glory, and honor, Father. We bind the spirits and works of the oppressors and the spirit and the children of disobedience. We bind martial arts, yoga, transcendental meditation, antichrist ideologies and doctrines, Ahab and Jezebelic spirits and practices, lewdness, perversion, the outworking of vain deceit, death spirits, spirits of destruction, chaos, and mayhem, oppression, depression, anarchy, premonition, clairvoyance, ESP, telepathy, psychokinesis, out-of-body experiences, reincarnation, haunting, poltergeist, astral travel, psychic healing, demonic meditation, spirit guides, and defilement by wizards. We bind the king of pride and all of his underlings and all of his agents in the name of Jesus. We chain them each with eternal chains under darkness in Jesus' name. We bind our human, demonic, blood, sexual, financial, animal, fecal, and soulish sacrifices in Jesus' name. We cover our pets with the blood of Jesus Christ. We bind all devils attached to idols and idolatry. We bind every form of rebellion, idolatry, root work, mind control, apathy, nature worship, deception, scoffing, error, worldly indoctrination, military spirits, rioting, abuse, all trolls, all fear, combative jealousy, fleshly ambition, the culture of corruption, weariness, betrayal, unfaithfulness, and temptations to sin. We bind Belial, Beelzebub, Baal, Molech, Basilic, Python, Neptune, Zeus, Apollyon, Kali, Isis, Osiris, all deities, all goddesses, all gods, Mammon, Atlas, and Baphomet and his 72 in the name of Jesus Christ. And we chain each in the with eternal chains in the darkness in Jesus' name. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you. We undo the works of all demonic weapons, fireballs, poisons, voodoo pins and dolls, hot and cold spots, promptings, codes, triggers, charms, tumors, designs, and we break the power of every Masonic ritual, rite, ceremony, and pledge in the name of Jesus Christ and the powers they use and also the associated organizations. We bind the brotherhood, the lodge, the craft, and the grip in the name of Jesus Christ. We thank you. Yes, Lord, we are continuing to bind the demonic weapons of fireballs, promptings, poisons, codes, triggers, voodoo pins and dolls, charms, tumors, hot and cold spots and designs, and we return their afflictions to the worker of witchcraft and their pagan sources. We bind every spirit that was familiar to the Laodiceans. We bind the pride and foolishness of our own opinions, the work of errors in our lives, and we return and loose all the retaliations of the enemy upon his own head according to the scriptures. We bind all traditions and customs rooted in sin. We denounce and renounce them all and loose ourselves from them. We bind the gang stalkers and send their fear, harassment, witchcraft back on their own heads as well as their mind control in Jesus' name. We bind the spirit of slumber. We thank you, Father, that you have given us power over all the power of the enemy, and nothing shall by any means harm us. We rejoice with you that our names are written in heaven. We bind every spirit that denies the deity of the Lord Jesus Christ and his blood atonement on the cross of Calvary. Father, we ask for eyes to see, ears to hear, hearts to believe, and minds to receive what the Spirit of God says to the church. We repent of an evil heart of unbelief, and we ask you, Father, to teach us to guard our hearts with all diligence. 
Lord, we've come to loose the bands of wickedness, to undo heavy burdens, let the oppressed go free, to break every yoke and chain, and to call for justice and plead for truth. Lord, develop in us a love for the truth. Lead us into truth. Your word is truth. Make us to know the truth, and your truth will make us free. When the enemy comes in like a flood, the Spirit of the Lord shall lift up a standard against him. Lord, we've come to celebrate the scriptures with you and to tread on serpents and scorpions and over all the power of the enemy. We will not turn back from pursuing the enemy until the Godhead does. The Lord Jesus Christ is our commander-in-chief in whom we serve and obey. Amen. Father, we pray for the peace of Jerusalem, for kings, for all who are in authority, all true Christians, all persecuted Christians, and all Christians that were left behind in Afghanistan, in Jesus' name. We want to thank you, Lord. We give you praise, glory, and honor. We disconnect ourselves from every spirit that followed us, was sent to us, or transferred to us in the name of Jesus. We bind those spirits in Jesus' holy name. Though we walk in the midst of trouble, you will revive us. You will stretch forth your hand against the wrath of our enemies, and your right hand will save us. Father, we cover our vehicles and whatever mode of transportation that we're using in the blood of Jesus Christ. We take authority, dominion, and power over any entity or object or spirit that would cross our path, and we thank you, Lord, for our safety and protection in Jesus' name. We thank you for the angels that you have dispatched ahead of us. We cover ourselves and our property with the blood of Jesus. We take authority over all the demons of the night, spiritual spouses, bad dreams, nightmares, sex dreams, incubus, succubus, anyone or anything trying to get into our dreams, and we command them to stay away. We thank you for your angels protecting us, Lord, as we sleep, and we thank you for the fiery wall of protection around us. Oh, hallelujah. We pull out all fiery darts, pins, needles, spears, voodoo, witchcraft, curses, anything sent to us by the enemy, Father. We return it in Jesus' name. We tear down and destroy all ungodly silver cords and ley lines, and sever from ourselves all ungodly soul ties, attachments, covenants, agreements, oaths, consents, garlands, vows, pledges, pacts, leagues, and all other forms of agreement with the demonic realm. Thank you, Lord. We break down and destroy walls of protection around every witch, every warlock, every wizard, every Satanist, globalist, nanobot, shaman, sorcerer, and divinator in the name of Jesus Christ. And we break the power of every hex, vex, love spell, curse, fetish, psychic thoughts, pain, sickness, torment, destruction, candle burning, psychic power, psychic warfare, incantations, ungodly blessings, chanting, crystals, hoodoo, root works, tribal rituals, and sins. In the name of Jesus Christ, all spells, charms, and fetishes, We break your power in the name of Jesus Christ. We thank you, Lord, that we have been delivered from the power of the enemy in Jesus' name. We give you praise. We bind every spirit of bondage, every spirit of blindness, all spirits of fear, heaviness, and hatred in Jesus' name. And we release over the saints of God spiritual and divine protection from the Lord in Jesus' name. We take authority, dominion, and power over every spirit that would hinder righteous spiritual perception in Jesus' name. We thank you for the grace of God, and we give you praise, Lord, in Jesus' name. And everybody said amen. Praise the Lord. Amen. Praise the Lord. Okay. Amen. 
Well, thanks. I think I'll wait. I think I'll wait. All right. Our featured psalm for this evening's worship service is Psalm 7. And our verse for meditation comes from Hebrews chapter 13, verse 17. Our featured ebook is Kundalini Angry Serpent. Kundalini Angry Serpent, and several of you need to read that book as soon as possible. Several, S-E-V-E-R-A-L, several persons need to read that book as soon as possible. Our guest call-in number remains area code 319-527-6235 and press 1. Amen, amen. Well, thanks. I'm glad that we could get together. It's a blessing to be with the saints of God. Amen? Amen. Praise the Lord. Mm-hmm. Well, Brother Bill, I forgot to ask you to do a sound check. Would you do one for me, please, sir? Thank you very kindly. Amen. All right. We're ready to begin. Well, saints. We're going to talk tonight about settling accounts, settling accounts. Some of you might need to get your calculator out because we've got some accounts we need to settle in Jesus' name. Amen? We have some accounts that we need to settle in Jesus' name. Amen. Accounts? That's right. Accounts. That's right. So, Jesus Christ continually spoke of forgiveness in terms of releasing a person from something which we perceive they owe us. Jesus Christ frequently spoke of forgiveness in terms of releasing a person from something which we perceive that they owe us. Well, on one occasion, Jesus gave an illustration of this statement with a parable which gives us insight into the nature of unforgiveness And bitterness. He was attempting to teach us how to forgive our enemies. Now, that does not mean how to forgive our enemies the way we feel like doing. He was trying to teach us to forgive our enemies the way he does it. Amen? The way he does it. Now, we all know that all of us have enemies. The devil doesn't like us at all. So we have enemies. We just need to confess the truth. We do. And because we are growing to become more like Jesus and more like our Heavenly Father, we have to focus our attention on how the Lord teaches us to do certain things that are kingdom things. 
Forgiveness is a kingdom thing. The world doesn't kind of sort of if they feel like it. But that's not the forgiveness that the Lord calls his people to. We have a different variety, and it's a much better one, a more superior one, in fact. So if you'll join me in Matthew chapter 18, Matthew chapter 18, beginning with verse 23, I believe that we will learn something tonight that will help us when we need to forgive. And as you know, that's pretty much every day of the week. Amen. You're living on earth. That's every day. Amen. Matthew chapter 18, beginning with verse 23. Therefore is the kingdom of heaven likened unto a certain king, which would take account of his servant. Which would take account of his servant. A certain king, which would take account of his servant. Mm-hmm. That means his servants have to answer for what's going on. And when he had begun to reckon to do this accounting, one was brought unto him which owed him 10,000 talents. 10,000 talents. Okay, that, that, doesn't, that doesn't register with you, with your, your country's monetary system. But we're going to help you tonight to understand what that really does mean. But for as much as he had not to pay, he, didn't, he couldn't pay it. He owed a debt that he could not pay. We're going to learn about that in a minute. His Lord commanded him to be sold into slavery. And his wife and his children and all that he had, and for payment to be made. So, this is how they handled things in that time. If you couldn't pay your debts, then the person was sold, the, the spouse was sold, the children, and everything that they had was sold to pay off the debt. And that was commonplace. You see. So, the fact that the servant, this particular servant, had a personal interview with the king in this passage we are about to read is important and significant. Everybody didn't have an audience with the king. Everyone did not have access to the king. And the fact that he had access to the king and to receive this much credit speaks strongly about what kind of servant this was. This servant had to have been a person who had a position of serious responsibility. 
First of all, he has a personal interview, face-to-face interview with the king. He had access to a lot of credit, a lot of it, not a little, not some, a lot. So he must have been someone who had charge over some important area in the government because the king would not have allowed such had he not been. So, you see, we'll begin in Matthew chapter 18, verse 21. Matthew chapter 18, verse 21. Then came Peter to him, to Jesus, and said, Lord, how often shall my brother sin against me? And I forgive him till seven times? Like, is that enough? And Jesus said unto him, I say not unto unto thee until seven times, but until seventy times seven. Peter was expecting this answer, but this is the answer that the Lord gave him. And this is the answer we have received as well. Therefore is the kingdom of heaven likened unto a certain king, which would take account of his servant. And when he had begun to reckon, one was brought unto him, which owed him 10,000 talents. But forasmuch as he had not to pay, his Lord commanded him to be sold, and his wife, and children, and all that he had, and payment to be made. The servant, therefore, fell down and worshipped him, saying, Lord, have patience with me, and I will pay thee all. That's interesting. Then the Lord of that servant was moved with compassion, And loosed him. You see, when he was in debt, he was bound. But the Lord of that servant was moved with compassion and loosed him and forgave him the debt. But the same servant went out and found one of his fellow servants, which owed him an hundred pence. And he laid hands on him and took him by the throat, saying, Pay me that thou owest. He's resorting to violence here. He's physically choking the man which owed him a hundred pence. Nonetheless, he has just been forgiven over 10,000 talents. And his fellow servant fell down at his feet and besought him, saying, Have patience with me, and I will pay thee all. Well, now, isn't that what he just said to his Lord? And he would not. The Bible says, Freely we have received, freely give. But he would not. 
but went and cast him into prison till he should pay the debt. So when his fellow servants saw what was done, they were very sorry and came and told unto their Lord all that was done. Then his Lord, after that he had called him and said unto him, O thou wicked servant, I forgave thee all that debt because thou desirest me. Shouldest not thou also have had compassion on thy fellow servant, even as I had pity on thee? And his Lord was wroth. He was extremely angry and delivered him to the tormentors and delivered him to the tormentors. You might want to highlight that. Till he should pay all that was due unto him. So likewise shall my heavenly Father do also unto you, if ye from your heart forgive not every one his brother their trespasses. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. I'm so grateful that the Lord shared this with us. It helps us to grow. Amen? Well, the servant's debt of 10,000 talents was astronomical. That's a huge amount of money. And it is hard and difficult for us to understand the story until we understand how huge this debt was. To compare 10,000 talents with our modern finances, we're going to have to understand a few things. So now it's time to get out your paper and your pencil and your calculator. All these math people, it's time to get to work. Amen. The servant owed 10,000 talents. At that time, an average worker earned six denarii, D-E-N-A-R-I-I, six denarii a week. That's about the average person's pay back then. And one talent, just one, was equal to 6,000 denarii. Yes, this is a word math problem. Yes, it is. This means that if the man worked every week of his life earning an average salary and he saved every penny, every cent, every little thing, not spending any of his wages, it would take almost a 1,000 weeks, almost 20 years to earn one talent. Think about that. Taking into account that no one can ever save every single penny they earn, even if they had the best-paying job of that day, 10,000 talents could not be paid back in several lifetimes. So now let's do some math. 
you got to get the point here. You can't just read words. You got to actually, amen. Amen. Brother Bill, you didn't show your mask. You just gave the answer. Help them out. All right. The servant owed 10,000 talents. One talent equals 6,000 denarii. So now when you, when you do math, to the left of the decimal point, it's this way. The first three zeros to the left of the decimal point is hundreds. The next three, uh, then there's a comma. The next three zeros are thousands. Then there's a comma. Then the next three zeros are millions. So this man had an account, a debt that he owed the king of 60 million, 60 million denarii. Keep in mind, the average worker only earns six denarii, just six now, in a week. But this man owed 60 million denarii. It would take, if you did the math, okay, 192,307 or 308 years to earn what the king's servant owed. Think about that. That's a lot. That's a lot. That's a lot. People back then weren't living that long. We don't live that long now. God cut people off at 120 years a long time ago. 192,307 or 8 rounding up years. Are you going to be living that long? Think about it. That's a long time to say, give me an extension, O king. I'll pay you all. So you see in the scripture, in the scripture where where the man was saying, where the servant was saying, give me an extension and I'll pay you all. Well, guess what? He couldn't pay it. He wasn't going to live long enough to do it. There is nothing he could have done to pay off that much debt in his lifetime. He had amassed a debt so great that even if he lived his lifetime several times over, he wasn't going to be able to pay it off, which meant that when the king threw him into prison, he wasn't ever going to get out. And the tormentors were going to be there with him the entire time. That's the way it is. Now, do you understand how the difference between what the servant owes 
And then what the other man owes. The other man, that was pocket change compared to what the servant owed. The servant would have needed for himself to be three or four different people to do the same thing, to try to earn the money. It just wasn't going to work. There's no way for it to work. That's a lot. That's right. That's a lot of money. That's a lot of money. In other words, all the combined taxes collected from Judea, Edomia, Galilee, Samaria, and Perea were only 800 talents. So if you've got five or six regions and all the taxes that are collected come to 800 talents and this man owes this much, 10,000 talents, he's not going to make it. So, What the Lord is trying to illustrate to us is that a man with a debt that can never be paid in what appears to be an extremely long time, he couldn't pay it, especially if with the interest that it would accrue. Think, if the interest were compounded daily, this man would be buried I don't know how many times over. He'd be dead and buried, I don't know how many times over, especially if the the interest were compounded daily. We're just talking about the principle. We haven't begun to talk about the interest. Amen? To owe the king 10,000 talents meant that the king completely controlled the servant's life. There was no longer anything that the servant owed. And whomever owed him something, whatever that was, he owed it to the king. That was so great that no matter what anybody else owed him, he couldn't keep it. He'd have to give it to the king because he owed so very much. Everything that the servant owned belonged to the king. Everything. It immediately became the royal property of the king. All the monies that were to come to him were actually a possession of the king because he owed it to him. In Matthew chapter 18, verse 25, the Bible tells us, For as much he had not to pay, the Lord commanded him to be sold, and his wife and his children, and all that he had, and payment to be made. So he didn't own anything. He couldn't even claim his own family, wife, and children, much less any property. The servant is an excellent picture of humanity, of humans, in their relationship to God, owing to God a debt 
that we cannot afford to pay. Owing to God a debt that we cannot afford to pay. You know, there was an old song in the church that said, Jesus paid it all. All to him I owe. Sin had left a crimson stain. He washed it white as snow. Jesus paid it all. All to him I owe. Well, you see, the king had paid this man's debt. And this man owed everything to the king. Everything, every single thing. We are servants of God by right of creation, simply by being alive. That's a fact. We were made by God, by his specification and his likeness and by his blueprint, to be for him and for his glory. We're made for him and for his glory. We're made for him and for his glory. So it would behoove no human being to look down their nose on anyone that they felt superior to. It would behoove no human being to disparage any race or ethnic group of people because that's not the one they came from. It would behoove no human being the right to take action, even violent action, against someone from another race or another culture that God has made and sent into the earth for his glory and to please him simply because you have decided that they are unworthy of life. You know, we had an incident such as this back on November 23rd of 2012 here in this city. And the reason I chose this example is because it happened right here and so close to us. In fact, a documentary was made about this situation, and it was called Three and a Half Minutes, Ten Bullets. Three and a Half Minutes, Ten Bullets. She meant the story of Jordan David, a teenager, who was on his way to the mall with his friend in the family car, with the blessings of his father, for them to go shop and goof off and enjoy their, their the company of his friends for the day. They pulled up to the gate gas station that's right down the street from the church. And there was this middle-class Caucasian man who was upset with them 
because their music was too loud for his taste. I have never been around teenagers of any race or any color that some of them didn't play loud music. Why? Because they like it that way. It seems to be across the board. But he decided to make too much of it, and they decided to tell him off. And so he decided to reach into his vehicle, get his gun, shoot 10 bullets, and and kill somebody. Jordan Davis was murdered that day. Here you are, 17. You're out having fun with your friends. You're playing your music. You're not in somebody's uh, uh, place of business. You're outside. The manager didn't come out and complain about the music. But that wasn't all. The the man that committed the crime lied about it. He did. He lied about it. He went through some extensive lies because he was guilty and wrong. He broke when they called his girlfriend, who happened to have been in his vehicle at the time, to the witness stand. She couldn't tell that lie. She couldn't lie for him. She broke down and told the truth. And so they convicted him of second-degree murder. But you see, right is right and wrong is wrong. And the community, black people and white people and other people, rose up to say, but that's not the truth of what happened. That was premeditated. It's first-degree murder. I went to the Lord about it. I didn't go to the courtroom. I went to the Lord. And while I was discussing this before the Lord, he just dropped it down into me. Why it was first-degree murder and not second-degree murder. See, once you hear from heaven, that settles it. Once the spirit of truth has spoken, you don't need any other comments. So they went back to court. He was retried. This time, he was convicted of first-degree murder, and he's in prison today. I said that because the whole community had to forgive that man. That's right, the entire community. How would you feel if you sent your teenager to the mall with his friends and he never made it because somebody hated him enough to kill him, how would you feel? How would you feel? And God is saying this to us. It's important that we get it. It's important that we get this message. It's extremely important. Things are going to happen, saints, and your forgiveness has got to be rolling more than any river has run. It's got to be on point and ready to go. Things are going to happen, and you've got to be ready to forgive. Amen? It's just the truth. It's simply the truth.
The Lord says to us in Matthew chapter 6, verse 12, Matthew chapter 6, verse 12, and forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. Forgive us for what we've fallen short in. All have sinned and come short of the glory of God. Forgive us what we've done wrong. As, see those two letters, the A and the S, as, courting as we forgive those who have mistreated us. You see, I don't believe that the Lord would allow us that victory if we had not forgiven that man first. It was a long, drawn-out thing. It was on the news every single day. If we had not forgiven that man, I don't believe we would have come in with the first-degree murder verdict. Think about that. Just think about it. Amen? That's the way things are, saints. So, We have been made by God. We're supposed to be for him, for his glory. We're supposed to be following his blueprint for us. Are not made like us. And in order for us to fulfill our reason for being here, we are required to freely choose to live by God's blueprint, by his plan for us. He calls us to be like him and to act like him, to be motivated like him, to think like him, to believe like him. We can't just sit back and do it our way. We belong to him. Sin means that we have incurred a debt with God. Sin is equal to a debt with God. We have taken the life that belongs to him, and in rejecting his blueprint, his specs, We have lived our lives according to our own specifications. That's not going to work. And so now we owe him our lives, but that means death to us. It is a debt we cannot pay and a debt we can't live long enough to pay. Amen? It's a debt we can't pay. Jesus said in 1 Corinthians, chapter, beginning with verse 19, 1 Corinthians chapter 6, beginning in verse 19, What? Know ye not that your body is the temple of the Holy Ghost, which is in you? which ye have of God. See, he says it right here. The only way you get this temple with the Holy Spirit in it 
is by God. God provides it. God provides the body. God provides his spirit, the Holy Spirit. God provides the body. It says it right here. God provides the Holy Spirit. And ye are not your own. Young people, you don't own yourself. God owns you. You can't go out and do what other people do and act the way they act and think the way they think and say the things they say. You belong to Jesus Christ. Amen. For ye are bought with a price. Therefore, as a result of this, and what is that price? Hmm. You know, we've talked about it. You were bought, redeemed with a price. Therefore, glorify God in your body and in your spirit, which are God. Glorify God, one in your body, it belongs to God. And in your spirit, it belongs to God. You don't belong to you. You belong to Jesus Christ. Amen? Amen. You were not redeemed. Silver and gold. No, the blood of Jesus Christ on Calvary bought you back. Amen? And that's the truth. As the slave is the sole property of his master, as the slave is the sole property of his master, so likewise all Christians, having been purchased by the precious blood of Jesus Christ, we are his alone. And we do not own ourselves. We are his alone, and we do not own ourselves. That's very important for us to understand. We can't just have any attitude we want to have because we're not our own. We belong to him. So you see, The king, well, let me go back and say this first. Servant with the uncollectible debt prostrated himself before the king and begged, have patience with me. I need an extension. I'll repay you everything. So he dared to say that if he was given some more time, he could pay all. That means that this man did not understand the concept of the debt that he had accrued. He didn't get it. He didn't realize how vast and expansive his debt was, how deep he was in debt. He just didn't get it, now did he? So when he went to the king and he did this, oh, have patience with me and I'll repay you everything. The king just overlooked that lie. He passed over that statement because 
it obviously made no sense at all, considering how much he really did owe. And instead, the king showed mercy, compassion, and the complete and total pardon of the debt. But saints, debts do not magically disappear. They don't vanish into thin air. I realize, young people, that you probably haven't seen too much currency when you go out and purchase with your family. What you see is at the point of sale, somebody rips out a piece of plastic, sticks it in a machine, maybe they hit numbers, maybe they don't, and then you walk out the door with everything you want. And perhaps parents need to make some alterations here. Perhaps sometimes when you go out, you should actually use currency so that your children come to understand what currency really means. They don't get it when all they see is a piece of plastic. They think there's an infinite amount of money on that piece of plastic. They don't get it. However, if they have $25 in cash, once they have spent the $25 in cash, they get the point that there is no more money. Perhaps parents need to teach a different lesson or teach the same lesson a little differently. You see, the children, the young people, are not making the proper connection with the plastic cars, with debt, with what incurred debt, they don't get it. They don't connect. So I urge the parents and the grandparents and the godparents and the aunts and the uncles and everyone else to go to the Lord and say, what can I do to help this Lord? Because they need to understand. Amen? Amen. So when you go to the store and you've been sticking this plastic or waving the phone over something, they think it's like magic. They've watched all those cartoons, so they think everything is magic. So you're waving Apple Pay and Google Pay and every other thing you can think of. But the kids don't get the point. Amen? You see, So when we come to explain to them the debt that they owe to Jesus, they don't get it. Amen? They don't quite get it. They can't quite make the connection. Praise the Lord. The word forgive means to send away and release. So the debt had to be sent somewhere. It didn't just vanish into thin air. Amen? In this case, it was sent to the king himself. The king incurred a debt because the servant could not repay him. Amen? For the servant to be forgiven cost the king 10,000 talents. 
And we've already talked about how much that really is. Amen. There's a picture of this in the Old Testament in Exodus chapter 29. Exodus chapter 29. There's a picture of this. You see, God paints pictures for us to see so that we can understand. So to the Jewish people, he had an actual display going on, and they saw it all the time so that it would sink into them what he was trying to tell them. Amen? Beginning with verse 1, Exodus chapter 29, verse 1. And this is the thing that thou shalt do unto them to hallow them, to minister unto me in the priest's office. Take one young bullock and two rams without blemish. Amen? And unleavened bread and cakes unleavened, tempered with oil, and wafers unleavened, anointed with oil, of wheat flour shalt thou make them. We're going to focus on this bullock here. That's where our focus is going to be. Verse 3, and thou shalt put them in one basket and bring them in the basket with the bullock and the two rams. We're going to talk about the bullock. Go to verse 10, Exodus chapter 29, verse 10. And thou shalt cause a bullock to be brought before the tabernacle of the congregation. And Aaron and his sons shall put their hands upon the head of the bullock. This isn't just some arbitrary thing that they're doing. It has great significance. The fact that Aaron is is the priest and his sons are in the priesthood and they are putting their hands upon the head of the bullock actually means something. And thou shalt kill the bullock before the Lord by the door of the tabernacle of the congregation. And thou shalt take the blood of the bullock and put it upon the horns of the altar with thy finger. And pour all the blood beside the bottom of the altar. Jesus' blood ran down the cross of Calvary. Amen? And thou shalt take all the fat that covers the inwards and the caul that's above the liver and the two kidneys and the fat that is upon them and burn them upon the altar. But the flesh of the bullock and his skin and his dung Shalt thou burn with fire without the camp? It is a sin offering. A sin offering? That's right. Putting hands on the bullock signified the imparting of sin onto the sin offering, which was to be killed, atonement. So you have a transfer here, the sins of mankind, the sins of the Israelite people to be placed on the sin offering. The bullock was representing Jesus Christ, taking on the sins of the world. Amen? 
because he was to be killed as an atonement for our sins, what it took for us to be reconnected back to the Father. That's what it means in the Bible when it says that Jesus is the propitiation for our sins. It meant his atoning sacrifice of giving his life and shedding his blood is what it took to get us reconnected to the Father. Nothing else would do. The flesh of the sin offering was destroyed outside the camp as a living picture of Jesus paying the penalty for our sin. Amen? Amen. Amen. But in this case that we've been studying, the servant doesn't seem to understand the magnitude of his debt. He just doesn't get it. He doesn't understand how deep indebted he is to the king. Even though he knows that he owes 10,000 talents, it like it goes right over his head. And so as a result of that, he has no true comprehension of the vastness and the magnitude of the forgiveness that he received. And that's about how most Christians act. They do not understand. They do not have a revelation of how indebted to Jesus Christ, how indebted to the Father they really are. They do not understand the degree to which God had to go to redeem them. They don't understand how powerful and immense this forgiveness is that they have received and that they have been welcomed into and ushered into God's own family. They don't get it. You can tell they don't get it because when they come to repent of anything, it's, Oh, Lord, forgive me of my sins. Oh, just forgive me all my sins. And that's about all it takes. And then they go right off and do the same thing all over again and again and again and again and again. They just don't get it. But it's important, saints, to get it. It's extremely important to get it. Because if you don't ever get it, your relationship with the Lord will suffer. you got to get it. It's important to get it. It's very significant to get it. Amen? So while the servant should have been saying how wonderful, how forgiving, how merciful, how great the king really was, and talking about how all the things that the king had done for him and how he was so undeserving, but the king had such great mercy and compassion on him, he didn't do that. No. To him, it was always okay. Everything was right back to normal. Okay, like, okay, I'm forgiven now. It's all the excitement about it. I don't get the point. 
okay, I owed I owed the king all this money. I couldn't pay him back. But okay, he forgave me. So everything's everything's, you know, just fine now. So what what's everybody making a stir for? And this is how most Christians behave. You do something terrible. God forgives you, receives you, washes your sins away in his own blood. But it's just okay. And then they go right back to doing what they were doing before. They cry alligator tears, but it does not change their behavior one iota. When they get up from the alligator tear with the tissues and all of that, they're the same person and they do the exact same thing. But you see, that's not true repentance. True repentance means you turn away from your sin, never to sin again. Go and sin no more. Amen? That's the truth of it. He has not, the servant has not considered what he did to have such a debt, nor what it cost the king in order for him to receive forgiveness. The king had to, had to take the debt onto himself. So since this servant has such a nonchalant attitude, when he comes into contact with his fellow servant who just owes him a hundred denarii, I mean, really, nothing at all compared to his debt. A debt that could have been paid off in a a few months, in fact. He doesn't consider it. Compared with his debt, which was recently forgiven, that was just pocket change what that man owed him. He could have just said, forget about it. Thank you. You know, The king forgave me, so I'm going to forgive you. No, that's not what he did. The servant, even though forgiven of an incredible debt, an uncollectible debt, he demanded that his fellow servant pay him back the entire amount. Then right there, no no extension, no mercy, no forgiveness, nothing. Just pay me what you owe me. And he's going to stranglehold the man to get it. He follows up his demand, physically choking the man. That's mighty bold. Demanding that he pay the debt at once. Not, okay, I'll see you in a couple of weeks or a couple of months. And you can pay me then. No, he didn't go there either. He wanted right then on the, pay me right now, I want my money now. Even though the man said to him the exact same thing that he had said earlier to the king, he would not relent. We've talked about the fact that the debt, that little small debt of 100 denarii, didn't belong to this unforgiving servant anyway. It actually belonged to the king. 
But that didn't make a difference to him either. Everything that this man earned or that came his way was the king until the debt was paid. But now that the debt was forgiven, he should have forgiven all of his debtors because they were a part of his debt. He had received forgiveness. They should have too. The very worst, he should have taken the man to the king, seeing as the money was actually at that point owed to the king. So God is no longer collecting debts from us, which means we can no longer collect debts from each other. Let me say that again. God is not collecting debts from us now. And that means that we can no longer collect debts from each other. The forgiven man does not recognize himself in the position of his fellow servant. He doesn't see himself. He's standing there now with the power to forgive, just like the king had the power to forgive him. He doesn't see that except for the grace of God, here go I. Except for the grace of the king, here go I. He doesn't get it. The man owes him He never learned the lesson Amen Matthew chapter 6 verse 12 Still says Forgive us our debt As we forgive our debtors So the people Who heard what happened Was shocked astonished, and appalled. The servant should have been celebrating his release from a debt that he couldn't pay. And he should have celebrated by forgiving every person who owed him anything. So, he didn't choose to do that. The concept of binding someone in jail and releasing someone from debt are examples of unforgiveness and forgiveness. What often feels like a lead weight in our gut when we do not forgive is actually the groaning of our spirit. As we place our fellow human being in the jailhouse of debt, binding them to their debt to us. You did this to me, and now you owe me for it. Let me explain something to you. There is no amount of money anywhere that anyone could pay Jordan Davis's parents for the loss of their son. 
It just doesn't exist. There is no amount of money. It does not exist. That could be paid to anyone who has lost through injustice their child, their spouse, their family member. The money is a peace offering of sorts. But it's usually not paid by the one who did the crime. It's paid by some municipality. Amen? That's the way it works in life. Many people throughout life have received much injustice. And it does not matter how much money they get through a court action. It does not replace their loved one. Nothing can. Amen? And that's the truth. To forgive is the reversal of what we just talked about. By releasing them from the prison in which we have placed them, unforgiving spirit, by releasing them through forgiveness, we ourselves are set free. You see, when we lock them up, we lock us up too. But when we release them, we release ourselves as well. It's the truth. That's how it really does work. With the man in jail, the hundred denarii would never be paid. Think about that. While he was free, there was a good possibility that it might get repaid, but not as long as he was in jail. The situation of not forgiving is that everyone loses. It's not a win-win. What we perceive as being owed to us will never be repaid. When we hold a person in jail, they cannot go on living, but are locked up and imprisoned in what they did, and that keeps them bound to us. And bitterness does that too. We lock the person in when we refuse to forgive into whatever they did to us. You know, Zacchaeus said, if I've taken anything from any man by false accusation or deed, 
I restore him fourfold. Well, there are things people do that they can never repay you for the damage they've done to you. There's no way that man in prison and his family can pay back the Davis family. There isn't anything they can do. And many of us have been similar kinds of circumstances. When we've received serious, grave, and maximum injustices, And no one can actually pay us back for what was done. But Jesus has a better way. You see, remember those times on the TV when they would show you an Olympic person? um, What do they call that thing? When they're out there in the snow and they've got those ski things on? And they do that big jump, and there's nothing but snow underneath them. Well, sometimes they freeze into a frame so you can see what the person is actually doing. Amen? Sometimes they do it when somebody's diving off a high dive board. They play it back, and then they freeze it at a certain point and to explain what's going on, and then they start it up again and the person plunges into the water or else you would miss it. Well, it's sort of like this. When we have bitterness and unforgiveness towards someone, it freezes the person into the frame of what they did to us. We won't let them out. It may have been 10, 20, 40, 50, 60 years ago, but we only see them as frozen in that act or acts that they did against us. They were frozen in time. This is who this is. This is how they are. They could have changed. It really doesn't matter to us because, hey, this is the picture I have of you. And as far as I know, that's all you'll ever be. That's pretty much the attitude. Whatever the offender did before that or after that does not exist to us. Any repentance or change of character cannot get through to us. As far as we are concerned, they may as well have been dead since they hurt us, for we cannot think of them as they are now, but only as they were in the act in which They heard us. So now, saints, what are we going to do about this? What are we going to do about this? The Lord has told us what to do tonight. Amen? He's told us what he wants us to do. He wants us to do what the servant with the big death did not do. He wants to let somebody out of prison. And since we're the jailer, he wants us to use the keys and let them out of jail. Amen? That's what he wants. He wants us free, and he wants them free so he can deal with them. 
But as long as we keep them behind bars, he can't deal with them and he can't bless us the way he wants to. Are we getting the point now? I pray that we are because it's an awfully important point to get. Amen? We got to understand this. Amen? You know, some of us live with the person that's constantly inflicting pain and suffering on us. Some of us live with the person. And as soon as we forgive them, they turn right around and do something else. They don't ever get enough. Amen? They're forever doing something. And so um, we have to grow. Praise the Lord, we have to grow. We have to receive what the Lord says. We have to change. We have to repent. We have to ask the Lord for strength. You see, when people have severely hurt us, we have to seek the Lord for strength to do all this forgiving. It's not the easiest thing to do. Amen? It isn't. It requires some submission to God and some devotion to him as well. I want to encourage you, if you find that this is where you are, to seek the Lord. You see, Jesus knows all about forgiving people that have done horrid things. He does. He's been forgiving for a long time now. And he knows what it takes to get the job done. And he knows what it takes to help you get there. You know, people will do some of the ugliest things in the world. You think you've known that person for 40, 50 years? And um, you think you know them. And then they do something that sends you over the edge. Amen? They do something that really sends you over the edge. So, saints, I'm going to encourage you to go to the Lord. Amen? I'm going to encourage you to go to the Lord. I'm going to encourage you. To humble yourself before him. I'm going to encourage you to pray and seek his face and ask him to help you. Amen? Ask him to help you because you're going to need help. People do some vicious, unkind, unloving, hateful things to people. And I know that I'm talking to people that you just cannot figure out how on earth you would ever be able to forgive that person considering or person considering all that was done. But Jesus knows how, and he will help you. He will help you. If you allow him to, he will help you. Amen? Amen? He will help you. 
So don't sit there like I, I can't do anything, God. Yes, you can. You can call on Jesus because he answers prayer. The Holy Spirit is your helper, and he will help you if you allow him to. Amen? He will help you if you allow him to. Amen? Brother Bill, it's time for all of those praise reports. Amen? Praise the Lord, Pastor Sabrina. Praise the Lord. Saints, you've got to forgive if you want to be healed. You've got to do it Jesus' way. Pastor Pat told me one time that I had terrible pain in my hand. She could see it, the inflammation, and she said it was because I had not forgiven my dad. When I forgave him, it used to beat us bloody when I was five years old. Then the Lord healed the carpal tunnel and the horrible arthritis and pain I had in my hands. That is the key right there. And then the devil would try to bring it back, and then I'd take authority over those thoughts because that was on the outside of me. If you'll just do your warfare that we teach you, you'll overcome. And we give you praise and glory, Lord Jesus, for these wonderful praise reports. We have a praise report from Dana. She says, praise the Lord. After Pastor Sabrina prayed about this very issue Wednesday night, I took Paco outside the following morning to relieve himself, and there was a pit bull in my yard. I called the police, who came speedily with animal control, unlike in the past, and they located the owner and cited him. Thank you, Heavenly Father, for watching over us and protecting us. Bless your holy name. Praise you, Lord Jesus. Trish has a praise report. On Sunday, October 17th, 16th, I opened my back door to let in some fresh air. As soon as I opened the door, an owl sitting in the tree over yonder started hooting. I began doing spiritual warfare with the fiery sword of the Lord, bound it, pierced it, blinded it, and cut its head off in Jesus' name, as Pastor taught us in Friday's church sermon. It immediately stopped and departed. Praise you, Lord Jesus. Praise you, Lord. Yes, they learn to praise the Lord. In case says, praise KK and I were meeting when a squawking spy bird bringing curses, programming, disruption, and torment came along. So I began to pray against it with a high-pitched ringing, attack my ears. Then a sensitive spot on my head began acting up. The bird didn't stop. And KK started rubbing a sore spot on his head. We began to do our warfare out loud together in our agreement. Chase that buzzard away. Praise you, Lord Jesus, for that. And Amy Miller has a praise report. I give God the glory for helping me to build up my faith in spiritual warfare. I started when the mechanic litter box, when it stops out of nowhere, and with plumbing issues within the house. Recently, my computer was under attack. It froze, and the main Microsoft system was acting strange, and my protection out of the blue was not working. I did what I was taught and did not panic and did not give in to the attack. Stay firm that the enemy had no authority. 
I thank you, Lord, for this church that teaches us how to stand against the devil and his underlings, no matter the level of the attack, to not allow the devil to have any quarter in our lives. I'm more aware now of the enemy's warfare against me and my family, and we don't lay down when I know it's the devil's attack. Thank you, M-O-M, for teaching us how to stand firm against the enemy. And thank you, God, for creating this church and its leaders. Praise you, Lord Jesus. N.K. has a praise report. I'm grateful to God and delighted by the blessed changes taking place in all of us and our sisters at MIC. We have more confidence in Christ, obedience to the word, love, using warfare, scriptures boldly encouraging each other's confession desire for truth and the lord's will to be done and concern for others i am grateful to god for our fellowship leadership and the call he's placed on us praise god in jesus name he will continue to supply all of our needs as he works to will and do his good pleasure in us. Amen. Praise you, Lord. Praise you, Lord Jesus, for that. Dina has a praise report. Praise the Lord, my sister in Christ. DC's biopsy came back negative for skin cancer, and she won't have a horrible scar from skin stitches on her face. Praise you, Lord Jesus. Now, Lena has a wonderful praise report. My journey testimonies. Last of June, I was visited. I visited my mom in Indonesia. She was very ill and weak at the time, and she was using oxygen. So I asked the Lord if I could visit her and ask him for open the, the door for me because the rules for the time is all international travelers had to be vaccinated. So I asked the Lord how I can go through the border gate without being vaccinated. There's the way, the Lord told me, the ways in Proverbs 3, 5, and 6. I do have an Indonesian passport, so they let me go from the United States to Indonesia after staying for a while and met my mother and family there. Thank you, God. Thank you, Lord God. You healed my mother. On September, it's time for me to come back home to the United States. I had a ticket from Indonesia to the USA, but I was denied and can't be used because I wasn't vaccinated. I turned to the Lord again to help, to find the way. The Lord Jesus Christ is always a way maker. That time, I had to go back to my family and again state, and I didn't have it any ideas for a long time because Indonesia's rules, every individual person has to be vaccinated for traveling anywhere and everywhere is the present mandatory rules. I was seeking the Lord. I kept seeking his face. While I'm still there, I was visiting an orphanage, the elders, nursing home. I could see God's face on them who I would See the sick, the brokenhearted, the suffering, and his smiles, I could see on those people. I thank God that I had opportunities to share the gospel and loved ones. Lord, I just thank you for the time I had with my mother and family and families and others in Indonesia. Last week, two days before I arrived in the USA, I got good news. 
I can go back to the United States without being vaccinated. The rules of the CDC and the U.S. Embassy in Jakarta, with exception, with acceptance, U.S. citizen was the category of this new rule. Once more, the Lord made a way for me to get back to the United States. When I got home, to t- uh, when I got home, touched down on the ground. I did not kiss the ground, but instead I kissed my Bible. The words of God, <laughs> just awesome. Praise you, Lord. Praise you, Lord. What a wonderful, wonderful testimony. Hallelujah. And Amori has a praise report. I've been praying for people here at my school. I was led to go today's chapel service about domestic violence. Things didn't go as planned, but the Lord answered my prayer this morning when I asked him to be there. He showed up, and many of the students and staff had a life-changing commitment today, which was giving Jesus their life. Praise you, Lord Jesus. Praise you, Lord. We give you all the praise and all the glory for these wonderful praise reports and testimonies. Thank you, Lord Jesus, for opening those doors if we'll just wait on you. And now back to you, Pastor Sabrina. What do you think of these wonderful things? Wow. I think God is actually wonderful. I think he is able to do exceeding abundantly above all all that any of us could ask or think. I think we just need to give him a chance to do it. Amen? He's more than able. We just, you know, we keep trying to put God in this little box as if um, he's really supposed to fit into our little small thoughts. But that's not our God. Our God is greater. And we can't shrink him. You know that some that little dumb movie, Who Shrunk the Whatever That Was? That's not our God. You can't shrink him and make him fit into your idea of who you think he ought to be. Whether, and you can't do this, God, and you... And this, and they said, and that no, God is greater than all of that. But you actually have to exercise your faith. Amen? It's imperative. You just got to sit there and believe it. it it's, it's really quite simple. You got to stand. But what you say, you believe. You believe that Jesus is God? Well, act like it. Amen? Act like it. Instead of, oh, this isn't going to work out. No, yes, it is. Amen? Oh, yes, it is. It's going to work out. When you decide that you're going to stand up for what you say you really believe. Amen? Amen. Thank you, Brother Bill. So, as you can see, I've placed all the information in the chat room for the fast. Amen? I've placed all the information. Our fast begins on October 23rd, and it runs continuously through October 29th. That's right, a whole week. The fast begins on Sunday at 7 a.m., your time zone, continuing through Saturday, October 29th at midnight, your time zone. The focus is on Revelation chapter 12, verse 11, King James Version. As usual, Pastor will post the worship song in the MIC chat room at the beginning of the fast. Our exercise is as it was on the last fast. 
executing Jude 1.20, a minimum of 20 minutes a day. We are memorizing Psalms 91, the Lord said. Evidently, some of us haven't quite got it down yet, so we're going to get it down. Our Bible readings are as follows. Follows on day one, Mark chapter one through three. Day two, Mark chapter four through five. Day three, Mark chapter six through seven. Day four, Mark chapter eight through nine. Day five, Mark chapters 10 through 11. Day six, Mark chapters uh, 12 through 13. And day seven, the gospel of Mark chapters 14 through 16. Prayers. We are interceding for the members of Miracle Outreach Ministries to be healed in their bodies including weight loss or weight gain, whichever is is necessary. We are interceding, and we're using Romans chapter 8, verses 31 through 39, for breakthroughs for certain members, for Brother Sam, for Sherry, for LD, for Dagmar and family, and for DBD and son. Amen? We are releasing peace, joy, faith, truth, and divine safety and protection over all Miracle Outreach Ministry members. Praise the Lord. Now let me scroll down to the rest of it. Praise the Lord. While you get up there and do whatever you do, however you do it. Amen. Praise the Lord. So, in our prayer closets, we're binding our fears, and we, uh, we're we loosing 2 Timothy 1 through 7. We're binding our ignorance, and we're loosing Proverbs chapter 12, one, uh, verse 1. We're binding our foolishness, and we're loosing Proverbs chapter 1, verse 5. We're binding our thoughts, and we're loosing Philippians 4, 8. We're binding our flesh. We're loosing Galatians 5, 16. We're binding our emotions. We're loosing Galatians 5, 22 through 24. We're binding our pride. We're releasing James 4.10. We're binding our demons. We're releasing and loosing Luke 11.20. We're binding our childishness, and we're loosing 1 Corinthians 13.11. Our distractions we're binding, and we're loosing 1 Corinthians 6.12. We're binding our stubbornness, and we're, release, we're loosing Psalms 32.8-9, and we're binding our mouths, and we're loosing James chapter 1, verse 19. In the dietary portion, not allowed, red meats, caffeinated coffee, tea, sports drinks, soft drinks, desserts, highly caffeinated beverages, french fries, candies, breads, except Holy Communion, and cheese. Allowed is water, Holy Communion, 100% fruit or vegetable juice, protein shake is optional, milk is optional, and decaf coffee is allowed, but a maximum of Twice a day. Uh, day one is soup. Day two is vegetables, but no corn. Day three is salad. Day four is smoothies. Day five is fruit. Day six is vegetables. And day seven is smoothies. Special considerations. Rest is recommended. Reduce TV, computer, video, cell phone, radio, movie, YouTube, conversation, social activities. Remember, this is a time to focus on the Lord. Those who have special dietary needs and challenges must seek the counsel of the Lord of the fast for answers. Pastor may be reached at gpromanoutlook.com. Happy fasting. Praise the Lord. So everybody should have it now. Amen. Praise the Lord. Praise 
the Lord. Amen. Thank you, Lord Jesus. You know, I found that interesting, digging up how much money that was that man really owed the king. That was lots of money. That wasn't some small amount. That was lots of money. Amen? But we need to get it, how much we really owe the Lord. Amen? We need to get it. He didn't get it, but we need to. Amen? Amen. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Well, uh, I don't have a phone number for you. I think this might be a Skype call, but you're on the air now in Jesus' name. I don't know. If I could have a bit of prayer. Um, I'm struggling with a lot of Okay. Yeah. Go ahead. I'm struggling with a lot of unforgiveness towards my mom and a lot of people. And I'm having a bit of issues at work because I'm struggling to forgive my manager and it's quite hard to tolerate her a little bit. Yeah, so things just haven't been well. Well, first I want to say to you is that there are no perfect people anywhere. And most people, to a degree, are the result of the experiences that they have had in this life. Amen? There are no perfect people. Everybody's scarred. Everybody's got spirit. Everybody's got issues. So if you have these unrealistic expectations of people, they will always. The second thing I want you to consider is that Jesus has already paid the price by his sacrifice on the cross, by shedding his blood for whatever they've done, whatever they're doing, or whatever they're going to continue to do. He's already paid the price in full. See, you're busy looking at the person, and you're looking at what they did, but who you're not looking at is Jesus. That's what it is. You're not looking at him. You need to place them to the side and take a good look at what Jesus went through to die for everybody's sin. He gave it all. And if he had not, we would all be going to hell. So considering the fact that their crimes against you have already been paid for in full, you ought to release them. You understand what I'm saying? I believe I do. All right. All right. So now begin your prayer telling the Lord that you forgive them however you want to word it, and we'll come in agreement with you. All right? All right. Go ahead. Oh, you want me to do it? Yeah. Okay. Heavenly Father, who have offended me and hurt me in the past, and I forgive myself. In Jesus' name, amen. 
Heavenly Father, in the name of Jesus, uh, we come into agreement with our sister's prayer. We ask, Father, that you give her the revelation and the insight she needs to see it the way you want her to see it so that she'll understand this and that in times to come she'll be able to look back on this time and understand the depth of forgiveness. She will come to understand how deeply she did sin against you herself and the price that was paid for her forgiveness so that she will be released from any beliefs that are not truth about forgiveness. Any beliefs that she has about forgiveness that are not truth. And she'll release those persons to you for you to deal with them so that she can walk free and live a life that's pleasing to you. We ask you to give her the grace that she needs. We ask you to give her the strength and the determination to obey you. Help her, Lord, to submit herself to you fully, to do your will. You didn't have to forgive us, Lord. You chose to forgive us because you loved us. And we are called to love our neighbors as ourselves. So our sister has forgiven herself. So help her to love her neighbor, whomever it may be, that has hurt her or disappointed her or let her down in any way. And we thank you and we give you the praise for it in Jesus' name. And everybody said amen. Now I take authority, dominion, and power over that unforgiveness and that bitterness and that hurt and those wounded emotions. Take a deep breath and cough them out from your gut in Jesus' name. Cough it all out from your gut, not your throat. Come on out of her, bound in the name of Jesus. Father, we thank you for releasing your angels to uh, work against and fight against the spirits that are fighting against her. Come on out. That stubbornness, you're bound in the name of Jesus. That stubbornness, you're bound. Deep breath and cough, dear. Deep breath and cough. Cough from your gut. Deep breath and cough. Make yourself microscopic and come out of her in the name of Jesus. Deep breath and cough. Cough this thing out. Come on, keep coughing. We can't hear you. We can't hear you. I think it's my microphone. All right. All right. Take a deep breath and cough. Fire God, come and burn those spirits out in Jesus' name. Come on out of her. We we curse you at the root in the name of Jesus. We command you to break your, we break your grip and hold, and we command you to come out of her in Jesus' name. You can't hold her now. You cannot hold her now in the name of Jesus. Break it, break it, break it. Break up and go in the name of Jesus. All of those spirits break up and go now in the name of Jesus Christ. Now take a deep breath and release your prayer language in Jesus' name. I haven't got one. Well, did you ask for one? Okay. Father, in the name of Jesus Christ, Satan, I bind you in the name of Jesus Christ. 
that's a spirit of deception. You do have one. You do have one. The spirit of God lives in you. Now, everybody doesn't uh, allow him to speak through them instantaneously. Some people, they have to, like, go around for a while just praising the Lord, and one day when they're not focusing on it and they're not busy trying to pray in tongues, their prayer language pops right through. You do have it. Amen? So you Mm -hmm. go sing blood songs to Jesus, okay? And a time when you're least expecting it, it'll pop right through, okay? And don't try to choke it down. It can't be done through your head. Nothing's going to come into your head. It comes up out of your belly. Out of your belly shall flow rivers of living water. Amen? Amen. Amen. We love you. I love you too. Thank you. You're welcome. God bless you. Amen. Praise the Lord. Well, okay. Where are we going here, Lord? Okay. Amen. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Um. Amen. Thank you, Jesus. All right. We are requesting adjudications from the righteous judge concerning when authorities in Iran summoned a Christian couple in Tehran on August 13th. The house church members supposed it concerned the return of their confiscated belongings. Instead, Homayan. I don't know how to say his last name, and his wife, Sarah, were detained in Tehran's even prison, notorious for its harsh treatment of people deemed political enemies of the state rights organizations, say. Friends are concerned about their well-being, especially as the man suffers from advanced Parkinson's disease. And, Father, we ask that you heal him. Christian Solidarity International said on October 6th, citing information from uh, Middle East Concern. Christian Solidarity International and other advocacy and aid organizations recently issued calls for prayer for the man that's 63 and his 44-year-old wife. Middle East Concern reported they were first arrested on June 2019 on suspicion of belonging to an illegal organization. And the man spent a month in the prison and, yeah, and was held there for 67 days' time in solitary confinement. In November 2020, he was sentenced to 11 years in prison. Oh, she was uh, sentenced to 11 years in prison for her alleged role in leading a house church, adding that her husband was sentenced to two years for house church membership. The sentences included a two-year ban on membership in any social or political group, a two-year ban on foreign travel, and six months of community service. The convictions were upheld on appeal in December 2020, but 
The wife's prison sentence was reduced to eight years. The couple expected to start their prison sentences on June 15, 2021. But upon arrival at the prison in the midst of the COVID-19 pandemic, they were told they could return home for an indefinite time. On August 13, uh, the man and his wife answered a summons to the prison, expecting to have confiscated property returned. Instead, they were both detained. Prayer is requested that their harsh sentences will be reviewed, especially since the husband is in poor health, and that they will be acquitted, and that the Iranian authorities will stop the persecution of their citizens for the peaceful expression of their faith. Serving time in the prison for his faith is house church leader Joseph Shabazin, sentenced to 10 years by Branch 26 of the Tehran Tehran Revolutionary Court on June 7th for founding and leading an organization that aims to disrupt national security, according to the U.S. Commission on International Religious Freedom. Initially arrested on June 30th, 2020, following raids on house churches in several cities, the pastor was released on bail August 2022nd of that year. An appeals court in Tehran rejected his appeal in August of this year, and on August 30th, he began serving his sentence at the same prison. As an Iranian-Armenian, he was permitted to worship as part of Iran's historic Armenian Christian community, but he was targeted as a pastor of a church that included Iran converts from Islam, according to uh Barnabas Fund. In the Shiite stronghold of Mashhad in northeastern Iran, a grandfather with cancer is being held in a different prison for converting to Christianity, according to advocacy group Article 18. I can't say his name, <laughs> okay? We're going to call him Keith. In his late 50s and three other Christians arrested Neshabar faced charges of acting against national security through propaganda against the regime and insulting the sacred blasphemy, Article 18 reported. The other three, two women and another man in their 40s and 50s whose names cannot be reported, are being held in the Neshabar prison. Members of the Islamic Revolutionary Guard Corps warned at least eight other Christians present at the meetings of the four arrested Christians that they will be soon summoned for further questioning, according to Article 18. They were also forced to sign commitments to refrain from gathering with other Christians. Bibles and mobile phones were among the items confiscated from the church members. Christianity is among the official minority faiths in Iran, but converts to Christianity are not recognized and are vilified as enemy groups of a Zionist cult. Converts are banned from attending churches of Armenian and and Assyrian Christians who were permitted to teach only in their own ethnic tongues, and not to seek new members. Hence, converts meet at private homes but are frequently raided and charged with belonging to illegal groups with anti-security purposes. 
even though in reality the meetings are no different from church gatherings anywhere else in the world. In recent years, dozens of Iranian Christians have been handed prison sentences of up to 15 years on such trumped-up charges. Iran was ranked ninth on Christian support organization Open Doors World Watch list of the countries where it is most difficult to be a Christian. Amen? We're requesting adjudications from the righteous judge concerning U.S. weapons should be withdrawn from Saudi Arabia as punishment for oil output cuts, announced last week by the de facto leader of the Organization of the Petroleum Exporting Countries, or OPEC. Democratic lawmakers have said for several years the U.S. military has deployed Patriot missile defense batteries to Saudi Arabia to help defend oil infrastructure against missile and drone attacks. These advanced air and missile defense systems should be redeployed to bolster the defenses of eastern flank NATO allies like Poland and Romania or transferred to our Ukrainian partners. Democratic Senator from Connecticut Chris Murphy said in a statement on Thursday, Murphy, who is a member of the U.S. Senate's Foreign Relations Committee, also supported calls to freeze new military aid to Saudi Arabia and called for the suspension of the planned sale of advanced medium-range air-to-air missiles to wherever that is. The U.S. government has cleared the Saudis to purchase the 100 80 advanced medium-range air-to-air missiles for $650 million last year. Policy decisions have consequences, and these steps would right-size the relationship with Saudi Arabia and help Ukraine, the senator argued. Washington has been urging whoever that is to increase oil production for months, arguing that Lower prices would hurt Russia and make it harder for Moscow to finance its military operation in Ukraine. However, the OPEC OPEC group, which includes Russia, outraged the U.S. last Wednesday by announcing an oil output cut of 2 million barrels a day starting in November. The move led by wherever this is, which has been America's main ally in the Gulf region for decades, was a real slap in the face, wrote Kahana, a Democratic congressman from California, said, I believe it is total miscalculation by the Saudis, he said, adding that there was still time for the country to come to its senses and reverse the OPEC decision. At the very least, the Patriot missiles will be suspended, he said, who has been a longtime critic of this anyway. The deal under which the kingdom would have received 300 Patriot MIM-104E guidance-enhanced missile tactical ballistic missiles for $3 billion, my goodness, they're expensive, was greenlit by Washington in August. The lawmaker rejects explanations by the Saudi Foreign Ministry, which said earlier this week that all oil production cuts were a unanimous decision of OPEC members made purely for economic reasons. The reality is that there is no economic case for what they are doing. This was punitive for Americans, and it is raiding 
as correction, aiding Russia's Vladimir Putin, they insisted. Okay. We're requesting adjudications from the righteous judge concerning the European Union's prosecutor's office has launched an investigation into the bloc's procurement of billions of COVID-19 vaccine doses amid allegations of corruption and secret backroom dealings from several members of the EU Parliament. EU officials announced the probe in a brief statement on Friday confirming an ongoing investigation into the acquisition of COVID-19 vaccines in the European Union. They added that the case follows extremely high public interest around the issue, though declined to share any other details. While prosecutors were tight-lipped about the exact nature of the probe, the announcement follows allegations from uh, who is this? MEPs that European Commission President Ursula von der Leyen conducted vaccine negotiations with Pfizer CEO Albert Barua in secret. Despite requests from journalists, lawmakers, and an EU watchdog, von der Leyen's office has failed to produce personal text messages sent to Borlay during talks for nearly 2 billion vaccine doses, prompting accusations of corruption. Croatian MEP Mislav, whatever his name is, noted the new investigation later on Friday, saying the decision was made thanks to pressure from lawmakers. Though he was unable to shed additional light on the probe, Uh, This gentleman has been highly critical of the EU's vaccine procurement process, claiming deals for billions of doses were marred by corruption and secrecy. Today, 10 of us MEPs asked von der Leyen the following question. When will she present to us the communication she had with Pfizer during the procurement of 4.5 billion doses of vaccines at a time when there was absolutely no proof of the effectiveness and especially not of the harmfulness of that, that of that product. He said in a tweet earlier this week, calling the issue the biggest corruption scandal in the history of mankind. Last month, the European Court of Auditors said it has asked the Commission to provide information on preliminary negotiations for the EU's largest Pfizer purchase, including scientific experts, consulted and advice received, timing of the talks, records of the discussions, and details of the agreed terms and conditions, but added that none was forthcoming. The European Commission still has yet to make the information public, fueling corruption allegations from the MEPs. All right, we are requesting adjudications from the righteous judge concerning. In Washington State, has been urged to make Facebook parent company Meta pay more than $24 million for intentionally violating state law. King County Superior Judge Douglas North recently ruled that Meta deliberately violated the state's commercial advertiser law, which maintains certain information on political advertisements be handed over when requested. 
there were 822 violations. Each violation can bring a fine of up to $10,000, but that amount can be triple because of the finding that the violations were intentional. Washington State Attorney, Attorney General Bob Ferguson, a Democrat, urged North to impose the maximum financial penalty, noting Meta's history of not complying with the law. A previous case ended in a stipulated judgment that saw Meta pay a $200,000 civil payment, 38, are you $38,500 in fees. Despite this penalty, awareness of the law's requirement and having been given a clean slate, Meta continued intentionally violating the law from the instant the judgment in the first case was entered, Ferguson said. Meta has never provided all required information in response to any request. And in the instances where Meta provided some information beyond what is publicly available in the ad library, Meta's response often took weeks or months and included redactions Meta intentionally made to obscure required information from its response to requests, he added. The intentional violations come despite Meta lawyers being well-versed in campaign finance law and the company raking in hundreds of thousands of dollars from campaigns in Washington State alone since December 2018, the filing says. Ferguson asked for a two-point no, sorry, $24.6 million penalty to be assessed, as well as a yet-to-be-determined fee for state lawyers. We have penalties for a reason, Ferguson said in a statement. Facebook is a repeat intentional violator of the law. It's a sophisticated company. Instead of accepting responsibility and apologizing for its conduct, Facebook went to court to gut our campaign finance law to avoid accountability. If this case doesn't warrant a maximum penalty, what does? A motion on the hearing is scheduled for later in October. In previous court filings and oral arguments, Meta has alleged that the law itself is unconstitutional. Your Honor, in 49 other states, interests of electoral transparency and integrity are typically served by imposing disclosure requirements on the political speakers, not on the platforms that those speakers use. Washington has taken a different approach, and it has imposed a sweeping and burdensome disclosure requirement on neutral platforms that host political advertising, one of its lawyers said in a hearing. North rejected the argument and found the violations of the law to be intentional. They didn't really make a state a significant effort to try and comply, either in terms of providing any targeted information, which is clearly required by the law, or in terms of making a serious attempt to comply in a timely fashion to provide the information available, he said. We are requesting adjudications from the righteous judge concerning tens of thousands of farmers that have taken to the streets to oppose new government climate goals that will force thousands of farmers out of business. Despite all of these protests, the Dutch government is now t- talking about state-forced buyouts of five to 600 farms as early as within the next year. In other words, the state could be forcing farmers to sell their land to the state. Our criminal government has announced on Wednesday 
that they will be speeding up the theft of our farmers' land. Five to 600 farmers will be forced to sell their land to the state in the next year. The farmers have announced new protests, so stay tuned. Government-appointed mediator Johan Remkes' most striking proposal was aimed at so-called peak loaders. On Wednesday, he called for five to 600 companies that are close to Natura 2000 conservation areas and have relatively high high nitrogen emissions, especially livestock farms, to close within a year or move as much as possible through a voluntary buyout, but if there is no other option under duress. There are no longer any good routes available for the short-term approach. The least bad route is targeted is a targeted closure of five to 600 polluters within a year. However, the European Commission states that Natura 2000 is not a system of strict nature reserves from which all human activities would be excluded. The expropriation of farmers must be taken off the table. Mark Vander Orven of Farmers Defense Force said, after the government-appointed negotiator, Johan, published his recommendations on Wednesday, we will not allow enforced buyouts to happen. A few days later, okay, that's a long name, tweeted, the Dutch government is ramping up the expropriation of of our farmers, driving some of them to commit suicide. They're a bunch of inhumane, greedy liars and thieves who created a fake crisis to rob people of their rights and property. In an interview on the news, he explained that he explained she, well, maybe it's a her. She explained what she believes are the reasons for the Dutch government's land grab. There is no space left in the Netherlands. So what will they need to do? They will need to seize some of the land of these farmers in order to house new Dutch people, the newcomers to our country. So that is what this is really about. And, of course, there's also the element of our elites not wanting us to have independence or control over our food supply, and they obviously also don't want us to eat meat. So the farmers are standing in the way of their plans, and that's why they're being targeted right now. Since imposing nitrogen standards, the Dutch government has made it virtually impossible for farming to continue. Over 17,000 farmers in the Netherlands are at risk of being shut down, run out of business, having to sell their land or destroy their livestock. Ralph Scholhammer, an assistant professor of international relations at Webster Vienna Private University, has been following the developments of the Dutch farmer story closely. On Saturday, he spoke with Clayton Morris uh, about the latest developments and his perspective on why the Dutch government is following this destructive path. The bureaucracy grinds on. It is, in one sense, almost remarkable that regardless of what the people say or regardless of what the public sentiment is, they just move forward. There is a combination of factors that are making the Dutch government target certain farms, 
in particular, he explained. For some, it is about the expansion of urban planning. There is this vision to create a cross-border state with the Netherlands and Belgium with parts of Germany, to have this huge urban center that would include up to between 50 and 150 million people. But it combines itself with another element, which is a kind of environmental fanaticism. So the Dutch farmers, in a sense, are being squeezed from two sides. It is very absurd that people who have never had you, it is very absurd that people who have never had, you know, a shovel in their hand or never had a pitchfork in their hand is telling those who have been farmers for generations how they are supposed to treat the environment. The farmers know how to do it, and they know what the limits are. The story doesn't end there because fanatical and destructive government policies are crushing farmers from Germany to New Zealand. Morris and Scholheimer go on to discuss how destroying food production in the West will ultimately cause poverty and starvation in Asia and Africa. They've been trying to do that anyway for for centuries because Western nations will have to buy food on the world market to feed their populations which will drive food prices out of the reach of populations in the world's poorest nations. So there you have it, saints, the deep love of these people for humanity. There you have it. That's that's the way they've got it going. So they think. So they think. Amen. So, Lord, we turn to you and we thank you for the adjudications concerning these matters. And now Brother Marshall is going to come pray about these things. Amen? Amen. Amen. Help me and help us all, Father. He said, If any man lacks wisdom, let him ask of God, who giveth all men liberally, and abradeth not, and it will be given him. O Lord, deliver me and all of us from every spirit that would lead to unnecessary concern. Thank you that underneath is the everlasting arms. Thank you, Lord. You put us here at such a time as this. Our times are in your hands, and you know what's going on, and you know how you want us to pray. We thank you for the spirit of adoption, Father. We thank you for every good and every perfect gift that cometh down from you, Father of life, so there was no variableness nor shadow of turning. Thank you, Father God, for your perfect love that casts out all fear, fear of, well, what could happen? (laughs) Father, we know the devil, Jesus made it really clear in John 10, 10, the devil comes to steal, kill, and or destroy. But Jesus said, I have come that you may have life and have it more abundantly. And he is the way, the truth, and the life. And the kingdom of God is within righteousness and peace and joy in the Holy Ghost. We thank you, Father. We thank you, Father. You set your Son forth to be a substitute, a propitiation through faith in his blood, just like you said in Romans 3.25 whom God set forth a propitiation through faith in his blood to declare his righteousness for the mission of sins that are past through the forbearance of God. But, Father, you made it a little bit challenging because Jesus said, this is my commandment, that you love everyone as I have loved you. Well, we know we can't do that without your help, Lord. We can't do that without your Holy Ghost. But we need the gifts that we must get from your Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit is the one that gives us the gift of discernment, Father. Because you said our battle is not against people, not against flesh and blood, not against our mother-in-law or anybody else, or son-in-law or self. 
God fell for others. And our battle is not against, well, of course, God's not a human being. Well, Jesus came in the flesh. Our battle is not against flesh and blood, but against principalities and powers, spiritual wickedness in high places. Father, there seem to be some spiritual wickedness in high places, in different places. This Patrick Sabrina has just read about all these different things, including about what's going on to the people in the Armenian church in Tehran, in, in Iran, Father God, those people that have been thrown in prison, Father God. And of course, was Jesus detained against what would look like a common sense thing because he'd never done anything wrong. He was the sinless one. I think it says that several places. Who his own self did no sin. He did no sin. Like it says in First Peter, <coughs> to, uh, whatever that is, First Peter 2, whose own self did no sin. But he committed him that judges righteously. So we commit to you, Lord Jesus, because you have all power in heaven and earth. You're the King of kings and Lord of lords. We commit our concerns and our situations for our brothers and sisters in Christ that have been taken and put in prison or detained or those that are slated to be de detained in Iran, Father God. And you know how to release them, Father. And we thank you for doing so because you made it really, really clear. Jesus says in John chapter, excuse me, Luke chapter 4, for the Spirit of the Lord, oh, we need the Holy Ghost, for the Spirit of the Lord is upon me because he has anointed me to preach the gospel, the good news to the poor, not to the super wealthy puffed up ones, to the poor. He has sent me to heal the brokenhearted, praise the Lord, to preach deliverance to the captives and recovering the sight to the blind, to set at liberty that are bruised. We ask you to do so, Lord, in Jesus' name. We ask you to set at liberty these people that Pastor Zabrina has read about that have been detained against their will. That at the even these various prisons in, in Iran, Father God, in Jesus' name, in uh, the even prison of the Nashabar Nash prison, and I thank you for giving Sabrina the ability to go through some of these names, Father God. We thank you for the different groups that are standing up to bring this to light, Father God, the different people, Article 18, these other different groups, Father God, the Barnabas Fund, that are standing up to bring these things to light. Even as we prayed, the things that are being done in secret will be exposed. We thank you for exposing what the enemy's been trying to do. You told us not to worry about it, Father, because it's coming to light. Everything that that devil's been trying to do in the deep and secret places is coming to light. Even as Jesus mm. says, for nothing is secret, in, in Luke 8, 70, nothing is secret that shall not be made manifest, neither anything hid that shall not be known and come abroad. So we thank you, Jesus, your will is being done on earth, and your will is your Father's will, because you said, not my will, thy will be done, Father, because he was willing to hang on that tree for somebody who was extremely puffed up and selfish. Somebody wasn't the least bit interested in Jesus, even before I was physically born. And we thank you, Jesus. You did that for the joy set before you for each of us. And I had a debt. I had no idea how big the debt was probably until tonight. I knew it was a lot, but I had no idea quite how big it was. I thank you for Sabrina and Brother Bill and all these saints that are helping us to get a, a, a grasp on what you've done for us. So, Father, we know those that are in prison have a real understanding. Some of them have maybe a better understanding now than they did before what the price you did to make them free. And we thank you for bringing it to light, Father, in Jesus' name. And setting them free according to your word. In Jesus' name, Borutana Bargaste, Cortana Bargaste, 
You say that several places in Psalms as well, Father God, that you can, you came to set the captives free. Maybe I'll post it later <laughs> instead of looking for it right now. Father, I know I've seen it even in the last 20 minutes or so, but I can't put my finger on it this second. But, Lord, we ask for your intervention and adjudication because you said if two of you on earth agree to anything you ask, it shall be done in my Father's in heaven. You said, cast your burden upon the Lord, and he will sustain you. He will never suffer the righteous to be moved. You know how to deliver those that are in harm's way. You know how to deliver those that were put in prison when they loved their prison guards. They loved those like Paul and Silas. They prayed for those when they were in the darkest prison in Acts chapter 16. And their their legs were spread out in, in extreme pain, the hips almost out of joint, from what I've read. And what were they doing? They were praying and praising the Lord. Praying and praising the Lord, because you don't have the praises of your people. Well, how can they praise the Lord when they're in extreme pain? How can they praise the Lord? They just had their backs ripped open with being unjustly whipped. How can those in prison forgive those that are imprisoning them? How can we forgive? Because Jesus forgave us. So, Father, we ask that you forgive those that are treating your servants, because Jesus made it really clear. In Matthew 25, around verse 40, whatever you do to the least of these, you've done it unto me. Jesus takes it very, very personally. He said to Saul of Tarsus in Acts 26, Saul, Saul, why do you persecute me? Saul never persecuted Jesus walking around in the flesh and sandals. No, he persecuted the body of Christ. Jesus takes it extremely personally. If somebody spits on Brother Bill's toe or something, Jesus says, oh, how dare you touch me? Because that belongs to Jesus. That's that's Jesus' toe. We all belong to Jesus because he redeemed us with his own blood. So, Father, we ask for intervention adjudication for all those in harm's way, not just those in ram, and those, Father God, that are being controlled by those in governmental positions to try and blackmail and, and persuade other people and other nations to do what they want for their greedy gain. We bind every spirit of idolatry. We bind you, Satan, the strong man, every one of your enemies. You bind every spirit of mammon, every spirit of idolatry, every spirit behind Freemasonry, every ungodly spirit behind position, seated in heavenly places in Christ Jesus, according to Ephesians 2, 6, according to Proverbs 18:10. For the name of the Lord is a strong tower. The righteous run into it, and we're safe. Safe in you, Jesus. Yours is the name above every name, above the name of the leaders in the United States. And whoever they are, the appointed leaders, selected leaders from different cabals or whatever, we bind every one of these spirits of greed and corruption that are trying to force people to do things in Saudi Arabia that they don't want to do. They might like some missiles, and they might be willing to pay for them because they certainly picked up some bucks along the way with all the oil that just happened to be there in that grandfather guy. It must be Ishmael's, Ishmaelites, Ishmael's sons, Father God. We bind that spirit of rejection, rejection by a father, operating in the people in Islam, Father God, in Jesus, and generational spirits of rejection by a father. Every one of those spirits are causing people to say, well, my daddy didn't treat me right, and therefore I can't relate to a Father God because he must be like my daddy. No, he's not. He's not like any of our daddies. He loves all those people in Islam and every other nation because he's the father of all people. He spoke everyone into being by his word, the Lord Jesus. And he loves the people in Saudi Arabia, just like he loves the people in every nation, not not just kind of in Europe and not just in Africa. Africa is not a nation, all the different nations in Africa. 
and every continent, every area. So, Father, we ask for your intervention and adjudication in Jesus' name, because we know you put the, the government on Jesus' shoulder, and he is the King of kings and the Lord of lords. And you said they that are with him are called and chosen and faithful. But thank you, Father, you did not come to call the righteous. You came to call sinners to repentance. And I need to continue to die daily to carrying grudges and selfishness and presumption. Forgive me and forgive us all. And only for Christ's sake, only for the anointed one's sake, the, the Messiah's sake, Father God, deliver us all for Christ's sake. And thank you for sending them in your holy, holy name. And thank you for protecting us by your holy name, Father. Thank you for sending Jesus in your name and delivering us always to deliver all those in harm's way, Father God. And those in Saudi Arabia that can be drawn to Lord Jesus, those in the United States, governmental positions, whatever it is, federal, state, local, every area, Father God, those that can be granted the gifts of repentance, please grant them the gifts of repentance. Draw them to Lord Jesus. Save their souls. It's kind of about that. And send the proper labors to each and every one, Father. And draw them, draw them, draw them, Father God. says, says, no man comes to Lord Jesus save you. Draw them. That's why Jesus hung on that tree and said, hey, I love you this much, and stretched out his arms and gave up everything. He said, I must water pour forth. And what did he do? He changed the waters of purification, the wine of the wedding feast. He gave us his very life, his very soul, his blood. So we thank you because of that blood of sprinkling that speaketh better things than that of Abel for hearing our interventions, Father, our 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 our, about that, our request, Father God, <clears throat> because you cannot lie. Jesus said, if two of you on earth agree with such an anything you ask, it shall be done to my Father which is in heaven. And according to John sixteen twenty three and 24, and it's only because of the blood of covenant. That's only because of what Jesus did. It's not my righteousness. No, it's his righteousness because Jesus said only God is good. <clears throat> it's that blood. Without the shedding of blood, there's no remission. Thank you, Jesus, for shedding your blood. Thank you for loving us, washing them from our sins in your own blood. And all those in harm's way, Father God, including those in Europe, Father God, and every nation, Father God, that have been, had the uh, people in authority trying to pull a fast one on them and get some money under the table. Many people have, maybe they didn't, but uh, it's been done in the past. People playing card games have been known to do things by sleight of hand, Father God. I don't know if this person did everything on the up and up, but if they did it on the up and up, why haven't they brought it all into the public domain to so understand? Well, of course we went through all the scientific ass- assessment of why this was a good thing to have the, the, this Pfizer vaccine and why it was so necessary to push it, I mean, to offer it to everybody in a rather persuasive way. So, Father God, we ask you to bring all these things to light, even as Jesus said, don't fear them. I'm going to bring it all to light. So we thank you for bringing it to light. We ask you to cause those that can receive it to receive the gifts of repentance, Father God, in Jesus' name. And we ask you for your intervention concerning kind of Facebook and Meta, Father God, how they've been using their privileged position to uh, manage to avoid, uh, or maybe will they get a little bit of money offered to different people in political situations, to avoid paying judgments in the past. In some areas, they pay a little bit here, a little bit there. And so have most of the drug companies, it turns out. They've had to recall many different drugs in the past, Father God, and they had to shell out a few hundred million dollars here, a few hundred million dollars there, whatever it was. But compared to their billions of profit, it's a little drop in the bucket. We ask you, Father God, for your intervention, adjudication, every one of these situations, because you put the, the government on Jesus' shoulders, Father, in Jesus' name. He is the King of kings and the Lord of lords. You said the Most High ruleth in kingdom and give it to whomsoever he will. And you said you know how to remove those that need to be removed and put in those that need to be put in. 
and like it says in Psalm 75. And Father, we ask you, Father God, according to Isaiah 9, you said, for, there, <clears throat> for thou hast broken the yoke of his burden. What was that? That was the Midianites who were trying to hold the Israelites captive. Thou hast broken the yoke of his burden, the staff of his shoulder, the rod of his oppressor, as the day of Midian. For every battle of the warriors with a confused noise and garments rolled in blood. But this shall be with burning and fuel of fire. For unto us a child is born, and unto us a son is given, and the government shall be upon his shoulder, and his name shall be called Wonderful Counselor, the Mighty God, the Everlasting Father, the Prince of Peace. Oh, wow. Of the increase of his government and peace, there shall be no end. Oh, you mean it didn't end where the Old Testament was written? No. It didn't end when, when Jesus hung. Well, he said it's finished. He did the battle. But just like the Israelites had to go into the promised land, he said, it's yours, just go in and take it. But they still had to go in and take it. They said it was theirs. It was a promise. They just had to go in. They had to believe him. Whose report will you believe? Joshua and Caleb believed. Do we? Do I? Help us all, Lord. I bind every spirit of double-mindedness, every spirit of hard-heartedness, and every spirit of presumption, every spirit of trying to look at it from my own perspective. Cast you up, cast you up, prepare the way, take up the stumbling block out of the way of my people. What is that stumbling block? Is that thing we carry around on our shoulders trying to figure it all out? If I could just do these calculations, I could get a handle on what's really going on. No, Lord, we cast all our cares on you continually, moment by moment, because you care for us. Let not mercy and truth forsake thee. Bind them about thy neck. Write them upon the table of thine heart. So shalt thou find favor and good understanding in the sight of God and man. Trust the Lord with all thine heart, and lean not into thine own understanding. In all thy ways acknowledge him, and he shall direct thy paths. Be not wise in thine own eyes. Fear the Lord, and depart from evil. It shall be health to thy navel, and marrow to thy bones. For all those, Father God, in harm's way, all those in harm's way, all those have been adversely affected by meta, we ask that you cause them, Father God, to be recompensed. Whatever the enemies tried to steal, we ask that it be restored at least sevenfold. We bind every one of these witchcraft spirits and witchcraft curses, trying to trying to control people against their will, not just in the EU, not just from Meta, not just in the Dutch nation, every area, Father God, in Jesus' name. Run unto our neighbors, sevenfold to their bosoms, every reproach, where they reproach thee, O Lord, in Jesus' name, because of the bloody covenant, in Jesus' name. And you said in Proverbs chapter 6, beginning at verse 30, men do not despise a thief if he steal to satisfy his soul when he is hungry. Are people in that are hungry? But if he be found, he shall restore sevenfold. He shall give all the substance of his house, including all those different MEPs in Europe that are standing up against the possible fraud of the under the table dealings with Pfizer and his, the CEO of Pfizer, whatever his name is, Borla, in Jesus' name. We ask for adjudication. Every one of these distant, different situations, Father, we take it to the throne in heaven. We take it to the throne in heaven, including the upcoming election, every place any decisions have to be made. We take it to the throne of heaven. We bind every mind-binding spirit, every eye-blocking spirit, every spirit of mind control, every spirit of trying to control people through electronic means, whether it be 5G or anything else, trying to control people against their will. Every ungodly spirit of ungodly mind control, eye-blocking spirits, every ungodly spirit is bound and gagged in Jesus' name. Every spirit behind 5G, 6G, pulse spirits, directed energy weapons, canceled, severed, and nullified. <coughs> Including you, Satan, you're bound. You, the strong man, are bound. Everyone of your underlings are bound in Jesus' name. Because 
the Lord makes it really, really clear. He said, whatever you bind on earth is bound in heaven. We do this in, in agreement in Jesus' name. We bind you, Satan, every one of your underlings, not just Leviathan, heads and tails cut off, not just every spirit behind ungodly fear, including mass psychosis, every spirit behind hypnosis, mass hypnosis. We bind every ungodly spirit, including love of this present world, rebellion, every spirit of pride, every unclean spirit behind pedophilia, behind uh, child sex trafficking. We bind because apparently that seems to be the thing that's running most of the universe these days. Some people think it's death and taxes. No, no, no. It's the pedophilia. It's selling children, setting them here and sending them there because they can only sell drugs once, but they can sell child many, many times. So, Father, we ask you to deliver all the children in harm's way. Yes, in Europe and every place, not just the Dutch children, all those in harm's way, all those in Iran, Father God, all those in, in every nation, Father God, in harm's way, in Jesus' name, including all the Dutch farmers, Father God. And we ask, we bind that spirit of suicide, that spirit of self-hatred, the spirit of despair. We bind that spirit of oppression, depression, discouragement that seems to be rather prevalent running in different places, Father God. Because whose report will you believe? Some people spend so much time listening to their little uh, kind of Facebook things or whatever it is, or listening to whatever it is, uh, electronic uh, inputs, that they think that's the truth. They really do think it's the truth. And it can be, you know, pretty clever. The devil, when he comes along with a little sleight of hand, says, oh, yeah, yeah, th this is really what's going on. Oh, yeah, there's going to be a terrible atomic thing. No, 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 no. That's just to get people and to keep them in fear and get them in fear and keep them crushed with fear. Fear, 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 fear. God has not given us the spirit of fear, but power, love, and of a sound mind. And many people in authority said there's not going to be any atomic thing. No, no, no. The people are just rattling sabers, just like the Lord said. Don't be afraid of them. Don't take. Don't be worried about them. There'll be wars and rumors of wars. He says that over and over again. Not only in in Mark. We're going to be reading Mark soon, I guess. Mark chapter 13. He talks about it just like he talks about it in Matthew 24, in Luke 21. Wars and rumors of wars. So, Father, we know that all these things are being done to control people against their will. And for the Christians, we say not our will, but your will be done, because we realize. We're not our own. We don't belong to us. And you know how to take care of us. How many times have you fed us since we arrived? Even if we're only 12 years old. That's a lot of meals for most people. Usually more than once a day. Some people down in, in uh, Haiti may only get one meal a day. But people in this nation, and, and in Canada, and England, or Great Britain, or whatever, and, and many European nations have been blessed to have usually more than one meal a day. But Father God, you know what they're trying to do. And it isn't just to punish the Dutch farmers. It's to punish the people in the, the continent of Africa and other people that are already struggling and right on the edge of starving already. And we bind everyone these obscene and demonic attacks coming against the people of Asia and Africa and some of the poor nations in, in Asia, Father God. Some nations have a few bucks, just like some people in America seem to have a few bucks, but others don't seem to. We know, Father God, this is a concerted plan to turn one group against another, try and get one people to rise up to cause civil war, to cause any kind of a war, because they love death, hell, and destruction. Otherwise, they wouldn't have had the Georgia Guidestones to say, ah, oh, this is our little plan, because you told them, Father God, they have to expose it. And so they're exposing their plans, Father God, and we know you're able to overrule it all. You're able to overturn their plans, and we ask you to do so, Father God. We ask for divine intervention, adjudication with all these people, Father God, trying to control the Dutch farmers,
trying to put over 17,000 farmers in the Netherlands uh, at risk of being shut down. And some of those are really, really good farmers. They've been doing this for so many generations. That's where the Pennsylvania Dutch came from. Some of them came from Germany. Some of them came from the Netherlands. And Father God, they really know, and they're even trying to persecute them in this country, from what I understand. There's a Pennsylvania Dutch farmer who was told, oh, no, you, you can't, you can't uh, raise organically grown this and that and sell it to people in, in your own little group. No, 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 we're going to shut you down. Because why? Because they have a plan. And they want to feed people with stuff that is not real meat. They want to control people. And they want to control the mind. They want to control the money. They want to control the food. They want to control the air. They want to control everything. Why is that? Because the devil knows his time is really short. And those that have bowed the knees to the devil, they want to do the devil's bidding. So if we bind that, well, every one of those ungodly spirits affecting those people's minds and hearts, those in different positions of leadership, Father God, we ask you to grant them the gifts of repentance if they can receive it. If not, we ask you to remove them and replace them. Who will do your bidding, Lord, in Jesus' name. Even as you said, kind of wherever that is in Psalm 75, and it's because of your name. It's when your name is near, your wondrous works declare. And how is your name written? It's written in blood. What kind of blood? Just any old blood? You know, even bull's blood? No, 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 no. This was human blood. Is it regular human blood? Oh, no, it's divine, innocent blood, the blood of the living creator God in Jesus' name, the blood of Jesus, because that's what speaks better things than that of Abel. You said in Psalm 75, 6 and following, verse 6 and following, for promotion cometh neither from the east nor from the west nor from the south. For God is the judge. He put us down one, he set us up another. And you know how to do it, Father God. Even those who look like they're super conservatives, because we know we're dealing with, in this country, with a uniparty. It's not really Republicans and Democrats. There's some Republicans that sound more conservative, and maybe they are, and maybe they're not. You're the only one who knows everyone's heart. I don't even know my own heart perfectly, Father. But you're exposing it more and more, like we heard some good teachings tonight. And I thank you for Sabrina. I thank you for Brother Bill. I thank you for helping all of us to come to grips with what you want us to be, supernatural, dependent children, dependent on the Most High God, that we are the children of the Most High God because you've redeemed us with your own blood, that we can walk supernaturally by the power of your Spirit, walking in the Spirit, even as you're teaching Trish and all of us, Father God, how to deal with the different birds and the different things, Father God, we thank you for the wonderful praise reports. We thank you for hearing our prayers and intercessions, Father God, in Jesus' name for all these different situations, including those in harm's way in every nation, not just those in harm's way in the Netherlands and New Zealand, in every nation, Father God, and all the different African nations, Father God, even as we prayed about recently, Father God. <clears throat> even in Uganda, Father. We ask you, Father God, to help all those, and even in Nigeria, where those girls were taken back captive by Boko Haram, because the devil is very, very nasty. So Satan, you're bound. Every single one of your underlings are bound. Every one of your underlings, named or not named, every spirit seeking to kill, steal, and destroy, including every spirit trying to turn one group against another, trying to divide families, trying to cause one person to hate another person. Well, you made my daughter get that vaccine. Oh, I'm going to get even. I'm going to carry a grudge against you. Well, how does that work? Does that cause that person to find the gift of repentance? Or does that cause the person who's carrying the grudge to be held locked in bondage, locked in a cage? Father, we just ask you to set those people free that were put in captive in Iran, Father God. And we know, Father God, we've been praying for different people. We pray for the pastor up in Canada. Um, his name will come to me in a second. 
cut of that. Pa- Pastor Archer Pulowski, thank you, Lord, who came over from Poland because he wanted l- religious freedom. So he went up to Canada. Sounds like a wonderful country. Religious freedom. Yay! People get to elect, select their own leaders. And they thought they did. But did they? So, Father God, we ask that all these people that have been hand-selected by an elite group, whether it's from the WEF or whatever it is, or different people in little Masonic lodges, we ask you, Father God, to expose and bring to light all that they're doing, and we ask you, Father God, to restore, even as you restore Pastor Artipolowski to freedom, Father God. You got him out of prison. He was put in prison. He was not treated very nicely at all, and some of Christians have not been treated very nicely, but you know how to bring them out, Father God. You know how to bring them out. You told us when we have our brothers and sisters that are in prison, we're supposed to pray for them as if they're our own immediate family, and they are. They're members of our body, the body of Christ. And we thank you, Father God, for hearing our prayers. Father God, I, I know you make the prayers of a righteous man, affectional verb, but it's your gift of righteousness. And we thank you for that spirit of groaning through us by your Holy Spirit. Thank you for inspiring us to pray in the spirit the way you want, Father, in Jesus' name. Even as the Holy Ghost fell on us, Father God, some years ago, when, when the bunch of guys got together on a Saturday night to pray for those in Haiti, Father God, after the earthquake hit there many, many years ago. Cut them, but not that many years ago. And, Father God, we know that you care for every one of those children. And they're in harm's way. And all the children in different nations, the children in Kenya, the children in, in, in Uganda, the children in, in every nation, Father God, children in, 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 in the Netherlands, Father God, the children in Tehran, in harm's way, those people that have been controlled by ungodly leaders, those in Saudi Arabia that have been playing patty cake with those in Washington, D.C. for many decades, Father God, to make the U.S. currency stable. And currently they're running away from the U.S. currency because they see the handwriting on the wall. So help us, Lord, to be able to prepare our own hearts and our minds to deal with different relationships with different people and with the people that have the currency that's going to be changed. And, of course, they want to bring in a new currency. In fact, they want to make it all over the world, just like Pat Holiday talked about, a new world order, a new world religion. Then when they get rid of uh, Christianity, get rid of Islam, they kind of blend it together, put it in a nice blender, whip it all up, and it turns out that you get to worship Satan. Isn't that fun? So, Father God, we ask you to help us to have every gift we need by your Spirit, the gifts of discernment, every gift we need, that we can walk in the Spirit, walk in love with God, self, and others, to walk supernaturally, because we can't do it. We can do all things through the anointed one, through Christ who strengthens us by the power of your spirit. Pour forth of your spirit. Wake up the sleeping giant all over your world, Father God. Not just cut about that in the in the Netherlands, not just cut about that in Africa, every every nation in Africa, Father God. Pour forth of your spirit in Asia, every nation in Asia, where the cut about that in, in wherever that is, there's the many, many children being sex trafficked. We have to deliver all the children, Father God, in every nation. Those hungry children, Father God. The children that, that are being forced to even uh, start eating mealworms uh, in different nations, Father God. Because those in authority say, oh, yeah, this is really good for you. Father God, we ask you to deliver all those in harm's way. And give us your supernatural confidence that you will provide all of our needs for the terrific and glorious Christ Jesus. Know 